Welcome to Midnight Waves, episode 71 for Monday, February 15th, 2021. My name is Chris. My name is John. And this week we finally get around to our top 10 albums of 1986. Oh, you. I'll admit, baby, I'm a little camera shy But exceptions can be made, baby Cause you're too damn fly For what it's worth I hope you enjoyed the show Cause if you're back here only taking pictures You're gonna have to take your ass home Cause the only thing you're taking Easy clothes up. Go ahead, girl, strip it down. Close your mouth. I just wanna hear your body talk. Oh. All right, welcome back. Indeed, Kissland by the weekend. All right, and uh, here we are again. Finally, this miserable rainy day. Yeah, it's lovely weather here. Bloody yeah. raining, even though the weather forecast said for a clear day. I love it when they get it right. Uh, wrong. <laughs> I love it when they get it right because they never do. Yeah. So if it's gonna, if they say it's gonna rain, just expect like clear, sunny. Think clear, if it's sunny not day. like incredibly sunny, then it's not gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> like if it's just not really, really sunny, then you can't rely that it's going to not rain. That's true. Pretty much. Anyway, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, pretty good, you know. You? Yeah. It's fine. We had Valentine's Day yesterday, of course. Oh, that day, yeah. Didn't get and didn't really get anything, so no. I'm sure you did. I did. Got yes. Bombarded with chocolate. Big big bag full of it out there. Uh exactly what I need right now. But that's nice anyway. Mm. But uh Anyway, should we have a look at what's going on in the old news? Yes, I believe year, there's. Yeah. Uh, we were going to mention it last week about the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, we couldn't have mentioned it last week because it was only four days ago that they announced it. But oh, we were talking about it after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, we had uh, I what think sixteen, sixteen nominees coming up for the uh, this year's. Where is it? Jesus. Um, <laughs> Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, 16 nominees. And uh, how many going? Three, I guess. Uh-huh. Five? I don't know how many. Uh, what, what is the... Uh, I forgot what the... Um... Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I forgot what the, the criteria is anyway for how many people who can mm-hmm. get in. But anyway, who have we got nominated here? For the first time, somehow, uh, Iron Maiden... <laughs> Is nominated? How is that even possible? Possible that they weren't nominated. Well, well, I don't get how Foo Fighters and Iron Maiden and the Go Go's, yeah, are first time nominees. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah? they're huge rock acts, aren't they? Well, but I mean, just by the criterion, mm-hmm. 
It's supposed to be sent like 20 years from your first album Oh, that, that, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's not like it's not like Drake's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because yeah. he hasn't been doing it long enough. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So how is Iron Maiden just nominated? Yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah. Um, who else have we got? Uh, Todd Rundgren. Oh, yeah. Uh, Devo. The New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine. Carol King, Shaka Khan, Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush, Jay Z, LL Cool J, Fela Kuti, <laughs> Tina Kate. Turner, and Dion. I mean, there's artists actually like, would you consider rock or rock and roll? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, out of those mm. nominations, um, Rage Against the Machine. Well, obviously, New Foo Fighters, Iron Maiden, um, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine. See how Jay Z or uh, any, well, a lot of those really. Jay Z, LL Cool J, isn't that just rap, hip hop? Well, I'd say the same for Kate Bush, or Mary J. Blige, or yeah. Shaka Khan. Yeah. None yeah. of those are rock music. Dion work. It's just weird. So, well, I mean, I think that's the oldest argument that there's ever been about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, though. But ever since like N.W.A. were nominated and stuff like that, but it's just what it is. It's an unfortunate phrase that has they've. Why don't you just call it, rename it the Music Hall of Fame? Because nobody would give a shit, would they? I wouldn't give a shit. Who gives a shit anyway? Well, I mean, we're talking about it. What do the artists do? I don't know. What 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 benefit do the artists get from this? I wonder. I mean, Dave, I saw, like I saw an interview trophy? Dave Grohl did on Howard Stern. He seemed yeah. very appreciative of the nomination. So, But that's Dave Grohl for you. He's always yeah. like that. He always likes the attention as well. So. I mean, I, I think it really depends. Like, some people are outraged that they're not included, and some yeah. people, like Axl Rose, didn't even show up. Yeah. So, it's like, I, I think it, for some people, it's it's like, they, they feel like they're genuinely being acknowledged or something. And for some artists who think all this stuff's just like a bunch of dog shit, they don't care. But it's like the Grammys, right? Like, I was gonna so say so many people yeah. care about getting Grammys. Yeah. And was I it the weekend who was furious that he didn't get he's nominated? Enraged that he didn't get nominated. Like, like calling <laughs> it like a racial conspiracy or something that like he wasn't it's nominated. Insane. And I was listening to like that J Electronic album in the car yesterday. And there's a line I noticed where he said he was in Miami with like P. Diddy and Diddy's like, forget about this like God stuff or something. You gotta get a Grammy. I was thinking, like, who gives a fuck about getting a Grammy? It's not like getting an Oscar. It isn't. Exactly, yeah. It just isn't. It's not. Because they don't, you know, how often is the best music of any given year nominated for a Grammy? Like, almost never. I watched, like, a breakdown video of, like, like you know, critics' reviews compared to which artists actually won Grammys. And it's, like, it's very rare for a critic to win I think in the 50s and 60s it was, when, yeah. like, Stevie Wonder was winning yeah, every yeah. year or whatever. But yeah. not certainly not since, like, the 80s. Right. And it's just ludicrously baffling. Like, I, I remember seeing U2 win once, and they beat, like, Radiohead's... Radiohead's, like, Kid A, I think. And, oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, like, Eminem's The Eminem Show, which is... Certainly a classic album, the last great thing Eminem ever did. And then Bono's there going, this just proves we're the best band in the world. Yeah, he didn't say that, did he? He did. What? And it's like, Bono, you fucking shit. You haven't made good music in like 10 fucking years. 
Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're the best band. He goes, Radiohead were close, but we, this confirms we're the best band in the world. I guess artists wouldn't say that these days, would they? I would like to think not. If Billy Eilish got stage, like, this proves I'm the best fucking artist in (laughs) the world. Fuck you, motherfuckers. I can't see that happening. (laughs) It would just... That's one of the reasons I hate Bono so much even though I like quite a bit of U2's music I despise Bono as a person he really thinks he's like some Jesus figure who's changed the world with his fucking awful trite garbage lyrics anyway (laughs) enough about Bono eh? but yeah I don't know I mean who do you think's I mean, you can't even guess, right? Who's getting in? I bet you Foo Fighters are getting in because they'll go to the ceremony and perform live. I wonder if, like... <laughs> Guaranteed. Medicine at Midnight came out timed with this somehow because it should, just kind of, like, came out. Just cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> That's like putting out, like, a worst performance of the year, Razzie-level acting performance when you're going to be nominated, nominated for an Oscar. Well, it's not like they would have been made anything better than that but yeah. well I mean they could have tried <laughs> yeah <laughs> could have tried a little bit um anyway I don't know I think Foo Files will get straight in because they will definitely perform live at the at the event if there is an event I don't even know what they're doing now like spectatorless uh, probably. probably maybe like you know like Japanese bubbles, TV space bubbles and um I'm sure Rage Against Machine won't even though they probably should <laughs> Because for start, I can't imagine they would go to the ceremony to perform as Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. I mean... That's just whatever, isn't it? I mean, if... You know, what really, what's your criteria? Like, influence, success? Yeah. I'd like to look that up. Quality? It's got to be something. I mean, it, could, it can't be quality. Because there's plenty... <laughs> plenty of whatever music... I mean... I still think it's kind of amazing that Devo were nominated, even though I quite like Devo, especially the first couple. Mm, That's good. But Mm. it's like for years, like Sabbath and Kiss couldn't get near a nomination. Yeah. Still haven't got like Alice in Chains or Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, really? No pumpkins? um, I don't believe so. Or I guess Billy wouldn't care anyway, because he's like music was shit back then. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you gotta get Sia in there. <laughs> well, not yeah. in there, but you know, because of Sia or the latest. Yeah, but yeah. He probably refused to play any of those. <laughs> That's right. Those songs anyway. It it's just I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing to me, and the whole thing is such a. I still think the whole Pearl Jam thing, where they didn't, where they made intentionally didn't submit Dave Abruzzi's name, yeah. and wouldn't let him be part of it is one of the cuntiest things I've ever heard of a band do. It's incredible. Unbelievably awful. It really is some shit. And to be honest, even in a way, Guns N' Roses showing up without Axel when Axel said he didn't want to, and they just got that dude, Miles, whatever, who plays with Slash to sing the songs during the concert and like that fucking idiot from Green Day was that before them. like Slash that was before uh, they got back uh, together got back together yeah. Axel got came out yeah. of hiding so to speak yeah, yeah. and okay. then that guy from Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day was like made some dig at Axel while he was like 
inducting them into the Hall of Fame, saying, mm. except for the other guy, nobody cares about him anyway, right? Oh. Really? He said yeah, that. something like, like, something that level of cuntiness. Wow. And it's just like, well, without him, they'd sound like Slash and Miles, whatever, wouldn't they? Yeah. It just sounded like, Kennedy, was it? yeah, like, you know how shit all that music is? Well, that's what Guns N' Roses would have sounded like without Axel and Izzy. Charisma and all his voice and everything. Just everything. Just yeah, that, you know, the, that was band was Izzy's band. Izzy and Axel's band. It wasn't Duff and Slash's band. That's so, right. Anywho. What else in the news? I mean, there was some controversy with Bruce Springsteen and his yeah. Jeep commercial that aired over the Super Bowl. So what I gather is that he had been offered a shot of tequila when he was like right on, out on mm. his bike at a national park. Is it New, is it New Jersey? Yeah. Or somewhere out there. And like it turned out he had like two shots and then like, you know, he did the breathalyzer and all that stuff. And I'm not sure the exact laws there, but... Well, well I I there's actually a story here in Stereo Gum. Let's, let's see what... <laughs> So the weird thing was that his blood alcohol content oh, yeah, was actually yeah. under the right. legal limit, which which is very odd. Was it tampered with? So no. So apparently he was issued citations for reckless driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And consuming alcohol in a closed area. Yeah. Because the arrest took place on federal land, the case will be heard in Fed Row. It's a the court case. <laughs> it's not just a court case; it's a felony, I guess. Um, <laughs> And he'll have to appear sometime next few oh, weeks. Oh, this is his first time, it says. No prior yeah. DWI. Yeah. So what apparently happened was that he, it ha it happened because he took a shot of tequila in full view of police after pulling over his motorcycle to take pictures with fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bruce stopped, took the pictures, then a fan offered him a shot of, a shot of liquor, which he took while sitting on his bike, which was stationary. Park police saw what happened, and they immediately pulled Springsteen over as yeah. he drove away. So you're saying that if he'd have got off the bike first and had the shot, it wouldn't have been a problem? I think it's just you're not supposed to drink alcohol right? while you're right. driving a vehicle. You can't have right? boot, You can't have alcohol in the vehicle or on the bike. Yeah, I think. like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Per TMZ, the police are telling a slightly different story in that Springsteen was glassy-eyed, swaying, and yeah. reeked of booze when he was pulled over, and that an officer <laughs> observed the bottle of Patron he took a shot from was empty. Springfield I allegedly mm. admitted to having two other shots of tequila and that when taking a field sobriety test, he took 45 steps when he was only asked to take 18. So that's pretty stupid, too. I mean, you have to wonder what all the, the actual truth is of it. But Well, I'm also not going to just defend Bruce because I like him. No, but. of course not. Yeah, no, but <laughs> I mean, like, you know. He'll just pay his way out of anyway. So. Well, as, as, as it's a... So he's going to prison for five years. Mm. I mean, obviously not... But if it was you, you might. <laughs> Under what the as actual, a what felon, the actual, yeah. As it's on federal land. Yeah. I wonder what happened to the average guy in that yeah, situation. Exactly. But yeah. You'd have to look that up, I guess. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. Let's see. Offenses committed on federal lands. That's Pennsylvania, but da, 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 da. Uh, 
So I guess it is possible that he would lose his driver's license, be yeah. fined thousands of dollars, or even spend time in jail. <laughs> yeah. Seems unlikely for Bruce Springsteen, but you know, it was pretty stupid to drink booze in front of police officers while riding a motorbike. Let's face it, that is oh, yeah. like 14-year-old kid level stupidity. But anyway. I wonder if he thought it wasn't a booze. When it's in a big bottle of Patron, there's no mistaking that. Patron has a very specific Maybe he's got bottle. bad eyesight. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, he lost his spot. I mean, you know, that's that's not a bottle you can uh, really misunderstand. <laughs> no tea, Bruce. Yeah, he did lose pretty big endorsement deal there. So yeah. I guess that sucks for him. Sucks for Jeep too, I guess. I wonder if Maybe he was just being polite back. when he got offered the, the booze from his fans. I, you I know? guess so. Like, if, oh, if, if they offered him like, shot. hey, Bruce, you want to do a couple of rails of coke? Would he, would he be snorting oh, of course them he down? Wouldn't, no. He might. <laughs> Based Bruce, on this level of idiocy, he might. Oh, it's just uh, it's a bit of some booze and I think drugs are quite a different, different kind of thing when you're driving a vehicle, right? I would think um, it's better to be high on cocaine than drunk on tequila when you're driving. You reckon? Mm, of course. Why? Because cocaine heightens your senses. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't know. So, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know about that stuff. Um, <laughs> anyway. And uh, the only other little bit of news. Yeah. Well, there was one thing Justin Timberlake apologizing to Britney Spears and Janet what? Jackson because I guess he feels like he has to get out ahead of it before he's me too'd for no reason. And, What's um, going on there? Oh, he did something, did he? No, we're talking about 30, 20 years ago, some shit like that. And he was like a... When he was like a teenage boy and... Um, had some and kind of also, relationship? Well, him and Britney Spears were dating oh. for three years when oh, they were okay. famously. And then uh, <clears throat> when they broke up, she was blamed for cheating on him. Yeah. Some Now there's some documentary about Britney, how she was basically destroyed by the media. Uh-huh. If you remember, she was the most famous person in the world mm, for yeah, yeah. quite a while, and then yeah, because of that song or album or whatever. Well, she was a massive star, and yeah. then basically they just drove her insane, I guess, and mm. she never really recovered from it. But the Janet Jackson thing is from the Super Bowl thing where he pulled her tit out during the halftime show. Oh yeah, well he actually, well he accidentally or just like. Oh, he ripped her clothes off or something? But I forgot. It's, I, I don't that. care what anyone says now. Yeah. It was so obviously set up because he just put his hand there and did that. And then, like, a perfect tit shaped piece of material came off. Oh. And then, basically, that whole incident destroyed. <laughs> shaped material. Well, it was. It wasn't like her blouse ripped yeah, yeah, open, yeah, yeah. it was just a like a square. Square of like leather came off or something, perfectly yeah. revealing her titty. Which had like a thing on the nipple. Oh, and now somehow okay. yeah, 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 it's yeah. Justin Timberlake's fault, even though it was obviously Janet Jackson's fault. She said that. Well, they so arranged it. Or it had to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because that basically destroyed, like censorship, censorship, censorship laws in America. F ever since the yeah. things you could get away with on TV were destroyed by um, that moment. Okay. The FCC absolutely. Just like ruined everything 
for one second of like look at me everyone from janet jackson but now somehow justin timberlake years later has to apologize as if it's his fault <laughs> he shouldn't have apologized he should not have apologized yeah, never apologize especially for something not you something, definitely yeah, didn't do exactly and maybe he was part of it but i mean fucking hell yeah. and the only other bit of news was that uh, fantastic legendary rapper Takeshi 69 and uh, much better rapper Meek Mill had a big fight outside a club last night which yeah, yeah. they were both filming on their cell phones at the same time they were what? they were both filming they were their filming argument the oh, what? on That's their ridiculous. phones at the same time How so there's two videos like yeah. I'd like to watch that yeah we can pop it on a little bit I guess yeah. uh, let's see <laughs> they uploaded it, didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the Meek Mill video. <laughs> is that, that, that little man is who? Uh, Takashi69. He's like a child. Yeah. Is it because of the bouncers so big? I don't know. Well, he, um, I'm sure he's tiny. He is Mexican. <laughs> yeah. This is Takashi's video. Look their bodyguards. Uh. They should get into a real fight. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see Meek Mill destroy Takashi Six Nine. That would be fun. Yeah. Is that? Is that appropriate for him to use the N-word? Well, he's Hispanic, so it's somehow okay. Hmm. All right. That's interesting. Same with DJ Khaled. Right? He's an Arab, but oh, says it all the time. So, uh, I'll just leave that one alone. Well, no. <laughs> Everyone except yeah, white people. Yeah. Except for whitey. <laughs> <laughs> whitey on the moon. Even like Filipinos use it in in like a oh, yeah. in Los Angeles yeah mm. that's so weird I asked our friend Sam about that once and he was just had no answer for it mm. Mm. very weird like why why do you guys give the Filipinos a pass yeah and he's like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so not like I want to you know go around using it but you know well, it's just weird yeah a little bit double standards and all that <clears throat> Yeah, I guess so. But hey, whatever. That is a very unflattering picture of Tom York. Not like there are two Yeah, I was going to say, is that Tom York when yeah. he's like in high school, like, <laughs> like university so. or something? Maybe. Yeah. Not like there are a lot of flattering pictures of Tom York, but I do appreciate the fact he appears to have a Beavis and Butthead coffee mug there. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask your grandparents, kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh great great days better times yeah <laughs> ask your mom and dad about that one anyway let's uh let's close up the old news bag i guess yeah let's and, uh, uh, seal that up and dispose open up the old top 10 bag yes so we finally finally take on 1986 <laughs>
And of course, living on a prayer by Bon Jovi and the great songs of '86. Oh, yeah. Not in your top ten? Uh, no, in the end, I mean, I I still think that album is better than a lot of other albums. I get more respect, but yeah, you know, ultimately, even though I do actually own that album still, <laughs> one of the first CDs I ever bought. Oh wow! In my life, um, yeah, I mean, there's still still pretty went wet, right? Yeah, it's, it's a good album. Yeah, there's definitely like a bunch of really great songs on it, yeah. and then like a lot of other songs. <laughs> so it's I don't, run- I don't, I don't think any of it's bad. Is but. Run Runaway on it? No, that's that's before '84 eh? or Is it really? I can't remember. I think so. Because I remember loving that. I, I just I remember like as a kid, like loving "Never Say Goodbye." That was like really for some reason as a little boy. That song about having sex with a girl in the <laughs> back of your car. Wait, what? And what? talking about, like, when you were in high school, like, ditching school and getting drunk instead of going to school. When you were, like, in primary school? Yeah, like, like, uh, like uh, for some reason that, that really that, resonated that with really me. That really hit you, eh? Right? Yeah. like, oh, yes, I, I, can see, uh, I can see this happening to me. <laughs> it was like a predilection for my yeah. future, I guess. Uh, that's good. And uh, I did live live out the dream. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Just didn't come with the million, tens of millions of dollars that came with being John Bon Jovi, sadly. That's... uh, But except for that, pretty similar. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so now the the listeners know. Yes. So, um, yeah, how about we talk a little bit about this year? Sure. What happened and what was going on? Yeah, what was happening? All in that shit. All nineteen eighty-six. <laughs> yes. Well, we were young, obviously. Yes. Um, so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame basically started had their first induction ceremony this year. Oh yeah. With pretty predictable really? entries like Elvis Presley and the Beatles, Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> yeah, all that. You know, uh, Chuck Berry and all that stuff. Oh, Chuck, wait a minute, no. no I'm sure wrong, Chuck Berry. Must Little Richard. Have... Little Richard. Wasn't it Chuck Berry later actually? Was he? Oh bugger. My my god, that wrong. That seems ridiculous. That, that, yeah, forget that I said that. Um, so that's that was that. And uh, uh, let me think. Oh, bu- 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 bu, I was gonna say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the legendary bassist of Metallica oh, met his demise this year, yeah. September. The uh, tour bus crash in Sweden. That's right. Yeah, the bus rolled over. It's, and oh, he that's was right. in the top bunk, I think. Oh, and, that uh, was what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that really, really sucked because obviously it sucks when somebody dies, but also it does. It does. He was a massive. <laughs> yeah. Well, not always, but you know, usually it sucks when somebody dies. <laughs> <laughs> usually it does. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's alright. Um, but anyway, he was also like a big driving force in the create creativity of Metallica. Yeah, he yeah. wrote a lot of parts of songs. They worked out songs together and. When he died, it really became just like Hetfield and Lars, I guess, mm, figuring yeah. everything out for the most part. Like I was kind of thinking, like, imagine the next album that would have been exactly, if he yeah. had, you know, if he hadn't died, mm-hmm. obviously. But that'd have been quite different. You'd heard the bass. You heard the bass in the album for one thing. <laughs> for no, and for, justice for all. That's right? true, right? And <laughs> the, uh, I mean. I think as much as I love Metallica and as yeah. many good songs as they wrote without Cliff Burton, truly their peak was mm. his last album. So yeah. 
it's, well, I love the I love the Black Album. It's not as good. as... I mean, I, I love it too, but it's kind of like Slippery When Wet, where it's like yeah. a bunch of amazing singles, and then that's right. There's some other songs that, filling. That's right. Like they're not bad songs, but you know. definitely agree with that. Mm. Yeah, and uh, the, I guess the Smiths broke up, disbanded. Yeah. The end of that this year. I'm starting to wonder if they just realized all their songs and albums sound exactly the same. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This doing these lists has been a bit of a bit of a weird eye opener for me with the Smiths. I don't I know. I, don't know. Well, I I agree with you on the last album. Uh, what's it called again? Meet, Meet is, is murder, murder. But like I, I just think like, you I could like... interchange like. Any song of no. any Smiths album, I, I and can't. it wouldn't sound different or out of place on any other Smiths album. Well, we'll get to that later, but yeah, I mean, we I will, but I can't agree with that. But I mean, I can agree with like some, like the last album, I think it was it's very overrated. But, um, I'm not saying this like uh, The Queen's Day is a bad album, I'm saying, yeah, their music, their music sounds, sounds too, similar. too similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear, I hear. Like everything about like the melody, his like most his melodies, and right. all the guitar parts, and all. I mean, I think Johnny Marr is one of the great guitarists of his era, but mm-hmm. the music never evolved in any meaningful way. I guess the only song that did was um, bloody hell, what's it called? Here is now. Is that any song that sounded significant? Which is different? much older than this album. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah true. I was eighty. Uh, you know, if five. if anything, they peaked before their debut mm. with this charming man. <laughs> You, yeah, yeah, now. yeah. Basically, oh, their yeah. two best songs came out before any album. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess so. I guess so. There's some great albums on Queen Is Dead. Uh, great songs on the Queen Is Dead. Mm. But uh, well, anyway, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, anything else happen? Not really, I guess. Not. I mean, what else did I say? Some bands formed. What did I say? Oh, like stuff like uh. Alice in Chains, you were saying earlier, off off mic. I mean, Possibly, I already forgot what we were talking about. So, probably, oh, the Afghan wigs, yeah, Alice in Chains, like I guess the groups like I think Soundgarden and stuff like formed this year. Lots of big, well, bands that were, were going to become big formed around this time. Mm. So, ah, oh, Bros, <laughs> Bros. <laughs> How much of our audience knows who Bross is? Mm. Or, I guess, brothers. (laughs) Yeah, because they were brothers. Bross, for those of you who didn't grow up in the UK explicitly in the 80s, the Bross, the Bross, sorry, Bross was Mm. uh, three three fellas who did... Wasn't it two? Well, it became... At first, it was three. Oh, yeah, their friend had joined. Okay, yeah. They had a bass player. Oh, that's right. Because they couldn't play instruments or something. Well, one of them played the drums, but he Did played he? those like electronic drums. Mm-hmm. So, shouldn't anyway, they really been were... called bros anyway, <laughs> rather than bros? <laughs> oh, I guess bros would have sounded even worse. But... <laughs> bros. <laughs> I just, I have like a very vague memory of hanging out with these kids when I was a kid, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure, about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure about that. And it was like, there's me and these two guys I was friends with and these two girls and one the guys goes like like one of the girls is talking about music and he goes I just need my bros tape and that's all it is and the one girl just 
burst out laughing like she'd just seen like Louis C.K. at his peak hilariousness. Like she laughed in his face like you've never seen another person just cut someone down. Yeah. And uh, weirdly, that was like the last time he ever mentioned Bruce. <laughs> well, you know, once you humiliate, humiliate, humiliate. It was a brutal and hilarious humiliation. Mm. Yeah. And I still remember that moment. Yeah, kids never forget that. I'm sure mm. he still has nightmares about that. Mm. But I do actually recall a few Bros songs, do you? I remember When, when Will I, I Be, be famous? famous. And um, I'm looking up now, so no. That's the only song I definitely remember. I know there's one later called Cat Amongst the Pigeons, which I think that was when there was only the two brothers left. Oh, wait a minute. Something came to me there. Wait a minute. I, 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 I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. I of owe course. you nothing. That's it. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. That's actually catchy. I mean, that was like a really weird time when American music and British music was like completely separate. Like, yeah. the, except for things like Michael Jackson or like unbelievable mega acts, but just as far as like average pop music week to week goes like not event mm. pop music yeah they were like different universe I, I used to watch like the uk top 10 thing every week and the u.s top 10 thing every week hosted by casey Kasem. and you have a great memory don't you? literally zero crossover songs okay they got in, in america zero none of those british songs none yeah. of those british artists they made weren't in hits america. they weren't famous in the slightest yeah and then i think the americans were like kind of famous but their songs would like peak around like 36 in like the uk charts very whereas odd. in mm. america they'd be like mega platinum hits it's very weird like martika's like toy soldiers and oh, stuff i love like that. that song yeah. when the hell that, when did that come out could it have been 86 no that was yeah a bit later but bit later, 88 okay. 89 like that. yeah very weird eh? yeah oh, like black velvet by alanis mm. alana miles that was like a massive hit in America. Yeah. Not so much in the UK, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. But it, at that time, like, UK music didn't really have instruments in it. It was just all drum machines, True. electronic drums, yeah. keyboards. Yeah, a lot Guitars of that. that didn't sound like guitars. Yeah. Singing that didn't sound like human beings singing. <laughs> it was like, like bloody cyborgs. Like and Waterman's, oh, okay. like Kylie Minogue processed through 8,000 synthesizers. To be somewhat in yeah. tune, she must have come out after Madonna, right? Of course, yeah, because that's she came out after like Neighbors, <laughs> yeah, that's like early 90s or something, right? No, she was like 80, late 80s, yeah, late 80s, I guess. Yeah, I should be so lucky, yeah, yeah. with my rubber ducky. I should be so lucky, and but Incredible. like literally, I just remember my dad going, like, It's not even a human being's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, ah, ah. Oh yeah, that, that weird like synthesizer of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, cause so she, they, they, her voice is so processed. Yeah. So many different like filters and computer pro algorithms keeping it somewhat in tune. Yeah. Like people talk about auto tune now. Fucking, she was Stockache and Wadman were the real pioneers of auto tune. Yeah. They must have been sitting through right, the whole right. like running every vocal from every artist on their label through a computer, just like. <laughs> did they do a bunch of artists like everyone like everyone, that, like, everyone just them, was right? talentless and yeah. terrible like Bross and everyone you know? Bross I don't think we're Stockick and Walkman yeah. but 
I see. But um, interesting yeah. though. They had a lot of shit anyway. But yeah. this, like, I mean, this was a time where, like, I guess a lot of artists were sort of having, you know, getting tired of all the sort of fake, highly produced sounds. Well, let's not say fake, but like highly, like big production and all, you know, the music that was sort of everywhere, right? You know, mainstream stuff like, you know, sort of rock groups and heavy metal and I don't know. Like, yeah. Really was. A lot of artists sort of going against or starting to go against the green, I guess. I think there was an underground scene yeah. really forming like, sort and of bubbling under yeah, below the surface. And I mean it, it's so weird listening to some music, some music that's on my list, some music that isn't, but just how like absolutely different it sounds. And that's mm. just a reaction to to what was popular. Like you could not compare it to this era i think mm. of music where there's like there's no underground that sounds completely different yeah from what like the mainstream commercialized music now there's i don't think it's even close to being that separated anymore yeah so um, it was definitely I, I probably the replacements might have been the biggest like catalyst for that in a way i think a lot they of bands, were, yeah but i think also they deserve like, a so much of, credit for like I mean, obviously, they were just against everything. They didn't want to be famous. They didn't want any kind of attention, and that was their downfall in the end. But yeah. like, they made they they paved the way for a lot of bands. Well, like to... the like who's could do and sure, sure, sure. That, that yeah. whole sort of SST movement and mm. like even like thrash metal, Metallica and Slayer and, and yeah. Megadeth. Like, you know, when you've got like the Van Halen album this year, it's like I was a big Van Halen fan as a kid. I, but I, I never didn't like it. Right? I, I never listened yeah. to the Sammy Hagar version oh, okay. of, of Van Halen. Yeah. I just rejected it completely. Yeah. And when I was listening to 5150, it was like, oh my I did, God. I'm not ashamed to say I did enjoy it, like in parts. It's not something that I would buy or listen to really. It's but just so keyboard yeah, yeah, yeah. driven. Oh, of course just, it was, yeah. But Van Halen had the keyboards before, you know, way uh, years they, back. They but did, but it's like but the lyrics, it's like, I mean, not like they were good lyrics, but oh, yeah, yeah. they went from feeling like a dangerous rock band of like outlaws sure. drinking and fucking smashing shit up to like just the most <laughs> cornball yeah. fucking lame lyrics, guys lame, yeah. you've ever heard. And then when you listen to like Slayer or Metallica, it's just like well, if you like heavy music, why the fuck would you listen to this anymore? I did Slay, Slay have an album this year. Yeah, it's Rain in Blood. I didn't listen to them. It's a, it's is, it, a, is it Rain? It's, if you like heavy music, it's one of the greatest heavy metal albums of all time. It's Oh, bugger. Should have tried that. It's absolutely... I overlooked it. Like, I mean, Slayer's a band. you got to be really in... To the heavy thrash metal aspect of music, yeah, it's it's only twenty eight minutes long, but it still feels Damn. a bit redundant. <laughs> but you know, it is yeah. generally considered one of the greatest metal wow. albums of all time, and one of the most influential metal should albums. I, of all should should I have listened to that? I mean, for the top ten, I mean, I mean, I, I would have at least given it a listen. Okay. I think okay, I should have tried. Them. Yeah, well, I'll, go, I'll listen to it after the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really, never really, I was never really into them, but that's only because I didn't, wasn't, didn't have I mean, access I've, to I've the never, music yeah, I mean, as a kid. So, somehow, I mean, when I was a kid, it was just 
like terrifying yeah like noise like anthrax as well not that kind I mean, of thing anthrax is was that heavier it, i think slayer is much heavier than anthrax but yeah. but anthrax is always more of like the pop version of oh, like really? the thrash okay. the, na- the name sounds harsher me, but, but i don't know about to me music. i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong i, I never listen to anthrax at all <laughs> for some reason and so. anthrax and it's so funny that <laughs> It's like fucking hell. It's a bit, That's how I bit, learned uh, what anthrax yeah. meant was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit edgy. Eh? Fucking hell. Not as good as anal cunt, but it's <laughs> well, pretty good. Well, uh, yeah, they, they're the <laughs> the greatest. They're the greatest, greatest band name, band of, all name of all time. That's <laughs> yeah. the, the song titles as well. Uh, <laughs> like Hitler had some good ideas. <laughs> Obviously, we're not agreeing with it, but the, the idea Obviously is not. hilarious. It's, it's like yeah, yeah. the absurdity of that band right. is hilarious. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well. Oh yeah. What's the news? It's your turn to start. Is this it? Time, yeah. Is it? Okay. Right. Well then, I will announce my. Number 10. Nice. And it is an artist I didn't even know the name of <laughs> until we did this. Okay. But I, knew, I only knew one song. But this is uh, Anita Baker with her album Rapture. Okay, well, we're going to have to table that one. Oh, okay. It's, okay, Fine. I wasn't expecting you to put that one on there, so already <laughs> a little bit more in common than I was anticipating. Um, my number 10, then is uh, I've got my list even ready is uh, Eric Johnson with his album Tones oh yes it's nice. a bit of a surprise one <laughs> but here we are Bristol Shore from Tomes. I guess Eric Johnson was a nobody at this point. He didn't really become a somebody until he did the Austin Music Festival thing, that live oh, album. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then like, uh, what's called O uh, Music uh, Com. Oh, 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 Music Com, something like that, yeah. 88, I think it was? Yeah. Like I mean, this was, I was kind of, not, for me, Eric Johnson as a guitarist is like way up there as one of my favorite guitarists ever and probably my favorite mm. oh, lead yeah. guitar tone of all time oh yeah yeah so he's awesome i i own a lot of his music and i was definitely not thinking i'm gonna put eric johnson on this it's not like 
It's like he's a great songwriter, but yeah. when he plays guitar, it sounds great. But it was sort of it actually came down to this or Slayer for me. Oh, okay. And even though I think in a way Slayer's probably better, I just enjoyed listening to this more. Oh, right, and that's, right, right. That's really what my list is about for this yeah. this year. I guess is what did I actually actually enjoy I listening get, I get to? You. And I'm the same. Which yeah. which album had things that. Which albums had the least amount of stuff that I don't like? <laughs> <laughs> I love your negativity. <laughs> I, I think, I mean... I'll, the glass I'll say, is half empty. I'll, I'll say straight <laughs> off, 86 is a really poor year for me yeah, yeah. overall. There's some really good stuff, but... And there's some really interesting stuff, but there's a lot of really not... Like, overrated stuff to me. I think it's one of the most overrated years in, in all of music history. Yeah. For me, personally. So, yeah, that that's just what it was like. I was listening to it, I listened to it twice, and it was like, well, why would I not want to listen to Eric Johnson just play, like, these violin tones out of his guitar? And it's like, even, he's even amazing, the songs though. where he sings, which is like... He's got usually, a nice voice, yeah. It's, like, not usually what I want from Eric, but it's like, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... It's, if you've got a song called Friends, it sounds cheesy, but it actually works somehow. Like, he can pull that off because of his guitar. I, I mean, the, the guitar just elevates it. Mm. It's like... If you actually like hearing the lyrics, play the lyrics guitar, are an afterthought, I'm sure. With the I mean, music, right? I, I'm guessing. One thing I appreciate about his singing yeah. is that the lyrics, are, the way he sings, is very breathy. So yeah. the lyrics are not at the forefront. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, yeah, like yeah. often a deal breaker for me. It's like we were saying with Weezer or Foo Fighters last week. If you could just dial your voice back a bit, yeah, I wouldn't care about your shitty lyrics as much. That's right. But when it's like, listen to how shit these fucking lyrics are, <laughs> like like Rivers Kumo is or Dave Grohl is, it really fucking ruins the song for me. When I can't even, I don't even know what the fuck Eric's singing about. Probably some love bullshit or some like <laughs> holding hands with some girl somewhere, walking through a park or looking some bollocks, the beach, yeah. whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter because I didn't even notice. Yeah, that's what I want from your shit lyrics. I don't want to notice. Like I, your voice is moving, I guess. Just play the guitar. It's okay. I can't hear. As long it. as it's in I, in tune and you know. That yeah, exactly. Stuff. Like it's pleasant enough until the guitar comes in. I don't know what it's about. He could be singing about murdering babies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he could be. Could be kind of kind of fun actually. It's like I mean, killing babies one by one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just don't know. He could be, uh, but doesn't matter. Eh? As, as long as I don't notice, uh, it's okay. That's funny. That thought is it's, it's hilarious. It's like, actually, he was singing about murdering babies. But like, we really? still like him. Crystal shows about mass slaughter of infants. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh. I was assuming it was some sort of sappy love. I think song. we should like boycott him now. <laughs> But he's got a great guitar tone. But when that like boo doo doo comes in, I know. Suddenly he's playing the guitar with a violin, then you're going to forgive at least some tra of tra those. Trade of Tears in this album. Although it's nowhere near as good as the live version, Austin. Yes. This one is trade beautiful. Trade of Tears is amazing. And Desert Song as well, which, Desert, I, yeah. which is so good. maybe on a, like a classical guitar. I'm not sure if uh, it's an acoustic guitar might, or a classical yeah, guitar. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. I was listening to it yesterday, like, I need to learn to play this. I never even thought about it before. But the whole album is just, it's, I don't know. Zap, it's, Zap's, it's, is Zap on I, Zap's, Zap's the one thing the I one. don't particularly like. I didn't like that. I like Zap. It's yeah. just a bit too, like, okay. it's a giant, like countrified, kind of like. Oh, actually, no, no, so I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, Zap's a bit annoying. Even on a uh, live album, which is 
Am I thinking of like Manhattan or something? I forgot. Everything except Zap, I yeah, think. Zap's, is good. Not, Zap's a bit annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little bit too upbeat. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he, <laughs> he's great. Like if you don't if you haven't heard most probably most people haven't heard of him, but yeah. Eric Johnson is awesome. That's As a guitar player. That, he's one of the if best you have any time. interest in people playing the yeah. guitar, yeah. There's probably for, I I would legitimately suggest there might not be anyone better ever. Yeah. As yeah. far as especially as like his solos, like his tone and the way he plays solos is like And he flicks between me, like the distorted kind of like the way he uses his tone. like rig and his tones and mm. everything, like I, for me, it's it's kind of low key. Like if you're like, who's your favorite guitarist of all time? Who's the best guitarist? I probably wouldn't say Eric Johnson. Mm. But if I actually really sat and thought about it, I don't think I like anyone better than Eric Johnson as yeah. a guitarist, or yeah. as for the things that I'm looking for from guitar. So, yeah, for me, it's like him and uh, Mark Knopfler and. I don't know who else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, anyway. there's great, Off great guitarists with great tone and everything. But every He's, time I listen to him play, I just immediately start like fucking around with all my equipment, like trying to get that tone or something. And I, there's not many people that make me feel like that. So, yeah. wow, man, I think you uh, you sold that album. Hopefully, I did. Tones, yeah. check out tones. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number nine. Yes. Oh shit! Yeah, because all right, I was going <laughs> to yeah, talk about sorry. the wrong one there. You're probably going to laugh at me, but I put uh, Madonna's True Blue here. I'm not going to laugh. That's all right. nice. That's cool. Yeah, I just uh, oh, I guess pop a song first. Should we do a song first? Yeah, fuck that. Alrighty. <laughs> Yeah, definitely one of mine. Like I was listening to this in the car the other day, and um, I was just having a great time. You know, I was just like, "Yeah, Papa, don't preach. Open your heart." White Heat was one of my favorites as a kid. Live to Tell's awesome. Where's the party's shit? Then True Blue and Lies like Bonita comes on, and then and you're pretty much done. That's like that's for me. It's like six great tracks and. That's why it's in my tent. No, I, I get I, it. I love it's it. It's definitely like an honorable mention for me. Mm. I, I, if if it didn't have like, if it could just one less terrible song, Jimmy Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Jimmy. It, oh, Jimmy Jimmy. If that just wasn't there, it would have been a, a strong yeah. content. Where's for the party's tolerable at least? Yeah, I agree. But like, it's just it's so fun. The music, the, the music, the comp. How to say the. The way it's produced is awesome as well. Like, I mean, the production is way better here. Yeah. yeah. 
it's so i mean maybe it's too clean you could say but oh it it's, is it's pop beautiful. music so oh yeah I mean, but know, like it's... it's a lot of great little guitar bits bass parts great drum beats just all kinds of stuff going on in yeah who produces oh let's have a look uh madonna Stephen bray and patrick leonard okay sounds like i've heard of them but hmm they don't have hilarious 80s producer names like Jer- <laughs> Jimmy Jam or... Oh, well, Patrick Leonard did a lot of Madonna's stuff. Yeah. Mm. Jelly Bean. So... <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, oh Leonard's worked with, like, Pink Floyd, Elton John. Oh, he's, he's a big, he's a Jesus, big name. Yeah. yeah, he's big. He's done loads of stuff. That probably explains why it's actually so mm. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not Definitely. a gimmick. But, no, I, I agree. I think this is a really good album overall and... Mm. Certainly, you know, some of the absolute best examples of pop songs ever. Sure. And uh, at this time, you know, it, it's it's amazing how big she was. Oh, God. Yeah. Amazing when how big did, she was. When um, did Desperately Seeking Susan, was this, was that a couple that was years later? was before this. Oh, it was before. I, okay. pre- I believe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, okay. I don't I mean, have, she, I anyway, have a, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, she was huge at this point, right? 85, 86, she was humongous. I, mean, I have Desperately Seeking Susan on Blu-ray. That was eighty-five. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah, great stuff. Rosanna Arquette. Mm, that's right. That's a really good movie. Still. It is. I, I oh, well, like even now, you it, it holds it up. Now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I, I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it, it does hold up as yeah. a good movie. Still, cool. A good eighties movie. Way to go, Madonna. We certainly got a couple more things from her. In yeah, the for sure. Definitely a couple of things that. Mm. I mean, she 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 dragged her pretty good. I mean, <laughs> dragged her. Yeah. I mean, you know, for sure. a, for a young woman to have that long a career as a pop star, based mm. primarily based around being like a sexual object. Sure. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. That was she's always really like attractive. her. That was like such like such hiding her herself image. It's not physically. like Taylor mm. Swift where she's like a businesswoman. It was yeah. It was definitely like the forefront of her of her image was how sexualized she was yeah um i, I would say up to that 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 song um oh like jesus vogue no no not vogue i think even beyond that um express yourself i'm thinking hang on, hang on. i think the last great madonna song if i possibly can uh can find it without without eating up too much time on the show here um was was pretty late it was not like something like ray of light you yeah like, maybe ray I of mean, light I, 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 I love that i think i think album there was the title track from that i think that was probably the last hmm. really good song she had and uh was that from a movie ray of light I don't believe so, but I I don't know. Yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I think that that song, the the title track of the album, was like probably the last good song that she really had. Mm. But that was like '98, and you think yeah. like, you know, her first single came out in 1982. Yeah, and holiday was eighty three. So and lucky star as well. So what like, was the first? Everybody, which I don't remember by title. Okay, yeah. 
She went, everybody burning up. And then, like, Holiday was the first oh, okay. real hit. And then Lucky Star was massive. And then Borderline. And then like, like a, a Virgin. virgin. Oh, no. Material Girl. Ah, crazy for stuff. You. Angel. I don't remember Angel. Yeah. Into the Groove. Oh, I, I love that one. And that a few was, others. Ah, that was so, that's yeah. so nostalgic for me. I don't know why. And then here that we get you know, Papa Don't Preach. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in 86, you had Live to Tell was the number one. Papa Don't Preach, number one. True Blue, number three. Open Your Heart, number one. Open Your Heart's a great song. Yeah. La Isla Bonita is number four. Who's uh, That was in 87. Who's That Girl in 87, which was in... Uh, that, that was the other movie she did, wasn't it? Who's um, that girl? I think so, yeah. Yeah, the soundtrack album to the film Who's That Girl, which starred her and Griffin Dunn. And it's definitely not as good a movie as uh, as uh, Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah. Even as a kid, I recognized that was a shitty movie. <laughs> so. Anyway, Madonna, nice stuff. So that was my nine, eight. That was your, that nine. Was your nine, Bloody I believe. Nine, yeah. Right? So, yes, that's, that's right. That was my nine. Okay, well, my nine is uh, Megadeth's P-Cells, dot, dot, dot. But who's buying Oh shit. No. Didn't even listen to that. No, I did. Oh, I, I, I guess you did. Let's listen to something. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Black Friday. <laughs> good morning, as in like morning. Uh, oh, at morning. A funeral. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. Good morning. Black Friday. Awesome. Mega Megadeth. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is uh, it's one of those albums that, like, in retrospect, retrospect became highly regarded. And um, I guess initially it wasn't so much the reviews were not not that great at first but in retrospect it became kind of considered one of the the founding and most important albums in the metal genre and all right. that shit i just <laughs> i i just really enjoyed it yeah i mean it's it's it sounds awesome already 
for that one track. It's it's really there's just great riffs. It's there's great guitar. I mean, if you like you know if you like heavy metal music, pretty much you're not gonna get that much better than this. And the thing this came out the same year as like Rain and Blood by Slayer and Master of Puppets, of course, was a massive year right. for heavy metal music to just take a giant shit on what had become of like bands like Van Halen or Poison were very big this year. I didn't listen to Poison. I didn't but, try that, yeah. But a lot of those like heavy bands suddenly, I mean, even like Iron Maiden, who were like a great band, a legendary band, and I'm sure that oh, album... Actually, I did I did listen to Fair Bit and it sounded kind of poppy almost. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like all these metal really bands softened are going, down. Yeah. going in this like keyboards driven yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 pop yeah. rock direction yeah. and then Definitely. just these like bands came in just like fuck that <laughs> here's we're, the heaviest yeah. shit you've ever heard we're going we're going foot in foot on on this like, shit. Yeah. and and we're taking it to extremes that yeah i mean can you even imagine listening to stuff like like slayer in 1986 when you, you you're coming off like van halen were a metal band with like dun, 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 dun. That's Might right. as well jump. It was, you know, I love, I love that song. I love that old Van Halen stuff. But that's what heavy metal was. Yeah. yeah. And even like, even Iron Maiden, yeah, like, like it's, it's still totally accessible. Or like Judas Priest, it's almost like a comedy. Yeah. At times, right? It's like, like such a parody of like, like metal guys <laughs> wearing True. bondage. And then you just got this, like. <laughs> 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 there was a lot of the in this yeah, one. Yeah, like, like just like what the fuck? It must have been terrifying for people. Yeah. And I bet parents weren't happy when their kids I were bet listening they to were this. Not. What do you listen to? Turn yeah. that shit off. Exactly. Like That's what rubbish. is that noise, right? But for kids who were that inclined, those like that level of social outcast type kids, yeah. that was like it must have changed their lives completely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And and still definitely became, I think, I, as much as, like, we were talking about the replacements or some of the other sort of, like, weirder underground stuff, I think this this thrash metal scene must have had a massive influence on a lot of that alternative rock, too. Yeah. Because even though they didn't play that fast or anything, it was still, like, massive drums, yep. massive guitar, down tune guitars, mm. and, like just misery like when you think about the 90s the lyrics were just pure like nihilism and misery there was not a lot of fun stuff this, this going was on kind the of 90s. the foundation right? one of the foundation been, right because yeah. there's nothing fun here this is yeah. one of the most like nihilistic miserable albums you ever <laughs> listen to just talking about how society is a disgrace and like the government is destroying you and that's pretty much what it was and it's a hell of a contrast from just like you know w without <laughs> wanting to offend an album that is very popular but you know you can be my bodyguard and you can call me al it's not really a social statement compared to like literally an entire album about how the government is destroying you and using right you. right you know For sure, that's yeah. that's protest music yeah. yeah, that's like the natural progression from Dylan if you want to take it that way lyrically. It's not keeping it safe. 
And I think there's a lot of music in the 80s that was just so perfectly safe in like, even if it was making like the pretense of making a statement or being about something, it was very, very safe and polished and careful and how far it would go. And then you had these bands coming along and then like even more underground bands just talking all kinds of like crazy shit. Or just lyrics that meant nothing, just complete nonsense lyrics. And all of a sudden it was like, probably kids were like, holy shit, like, <laughs> right. like, like, my parents hate this, so maybe I should like it. Yeah. And I think this is really sort of the turning point here. That's what I truly believe, where, where indie music, alternative music, metal actually really separated from the mainstream. And even though a lot of these bands became massive, it's because kids made them massive, not because their parents made them massive. I'm sure not many parents in 86 were listening to Megadeth. Oh, no way, man. <laughs> right? I mean, I've been really, really cool, hip, really hip hipsters. I guess they didn't use the word back then, but I'm would have sure been there were very, very few, hmm. if any. So maybe those like burnout stoner parents who listen to yeah. Sabbath and and Judas Priest. But sure. anyway, that's that. I, I I just appreciate it. I think it's really well written. I think Dave Mustaine is like a really underrated guitarist. Great riffs. I mean, the when, fact is, you know, yeah. so much of what made those first two Metallica albums great was what Dave Mustaine already wrote. Right. And so, uh, what's it called? Uh, fuck. Kid, I'll kill them all and ride, light, ride the lightning, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, a lot of know, that was him. His yeah. riffs were on both of those albums, too. Yeah. And even though he's explicitly told them, not Don't use my riffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <So> they did. <laughs> yeah. Of course they Mustaine's like a, a maniac, I think, but I think he's also a pretty cool guy who had like some like anger issues and everything. And um, I remember Chris Cornell killed himself. There was that video of him playing. He was in like Tokyo, I think, playing a Megadeth show, mm. and he covered "Outshined" or something. And some oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Kids in the crowd were like making some noise he didn't like, yeah. and he just started like berating them, like "Have some fucking respect!" <laughs> like he was like really serious about like honoring Chris Cornell, right. and it was it really made me think like this guy is really. I would also say he has, he might have the most impressive story in the history of music. Can you yep. imagine being kicked out of a band that became one of the biggest bands ever and then going to start another band that became also one of the biggest bands ever? Yeah, that's funny. Also. <laughs> like, that's not as cool. big, but still. Sure. It's like, I'm going to be a fucking success. And you've got le legions of fans, I mean. That's like if Pete fans. Best be started the Rolling Stones. Oh, like, right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really crazy to be kicked out of a band that became like the ultimate metal band, and then start another band that became like one of the top five metal bands. Yeah, that's the top, top four. But well, uh, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Rounding down. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's Megadeth, and uh, awesome, that's I think cool, I think after, after this album, maybe the next album, I think Marty Friedman might join them for like the oh, next they've got ten some great albums, albums coming in, and uh, yeah, that's some I'm serious be listening guitar out, playing. Definitely so. listening out for that. Anyway, yes, number eight, yes, cool. My number eight is Elvis Costello's "Blood and Chocolate." Alrighty, yeah, let's give something from that a listen.
So that was um, uh, what it called? Tokyo Storm Warning, uh, track three from uh, Blood and Chocolate, the second album Elvis Costello released this year, actually. Uh, King of America came out earlier, produced by T-Bone Burnett. Very different sound of the two albums. This one's kind of all blown up, but they recorded it at like, uh, like um, concert level volume in mm. the studio. The same studio used for uh, Hendrix and... Uh, Rolling Stones, I think, the Olympia studio in London. Okay. That explains why it's so kind of big, like the sounds. Quite, I don't know. Part one Elvis Costello's like more, well, louder albums, certainly. Mm. Um, and you were saying, like, Chris, how like his voice is much larger, well, I think the first larger, track, bigger. his voice is way is overpowering. The yeah. Song. I, I don't think it's well recorded at all. Yeah. But... But I like the I like the kind of I like the overall sound of the album. I mean, it's very loud and it sort of maybe I don't know. Even I, I don't harsh. think it's mixed well at all. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. It just for me, like yeah, to yeah. me, like his That's cool. the first track, his voice is so clear in the mix. Okay. That it sounds like he's singing with a tape recorder in the background, and they oh, recorded okay. it. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I understand that. Like that that's but, not a good mm, mix for me. Yeah. But. I I really really enjoyed this. So like um. I mean, start to finish, really, there's a lot of really great songwriting here. Some really catchy songs, like Uncomplicated is great, I think. Home is Anywhere You Hang Your Head, I Want You, I really liked. A bit long, but I really liked that one. Honey, Are You Straight, Are You Blind? Battered Old Bird's a very nice kind of uh, more sort of melancholic song. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, it's, a, it's a good album, basically. Very enjoyable. Nice. If you like Elvis Costello, there's no way you wouldn't like this, really. And um, what was I going to say about this? I don't know how it sounds like. I don't know, like. Hmm, never mind. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I have no thought to finish there. Okay. I just just enjoyed it. I really liked it. Yeah, so. I, mean, I wasn't expecting to like that, it, but that, I that's, did. That's what that's it's it, about. Really. <laughs> Nothing's nothing uh, significant to say. But no problem. I enjoy it. That's enough. Yeah. All right. So, nice. <laughs> how about your eight, seven? Uh, my eight. Yeah. Yes, is Run DMC's "Raising Hell." Ooh, nice. Let's uh, give that a listen. Cool.
Obviously, Walk This Way by Run DMC. If you've never heard that song, then you must have been born in the last couple of years. Living Under a Rock. Yeah. Yeah. What a tune, man. Yeah. It's so great. I mean, like, obviously, this version. Yeah, I mean, you know, the original Aerosmith song is a cool song, but they, like, Stephen Perry. No, sorry, fucking hell. Joe Perry and Stephen Tyler. <laughs> Steve Perry's from Journey. I know, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> that's like, so weird. Not that good? Never yeah. noticed that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, like they, re- I think they re-recorded their parts for this. Like it was an actual collaboration. Obviously, they were in the video, kind of a video that MTV never stopped playing, where they bust into the wall. Yeah, yeah. And like as a kid, I was not into the idea of like amusing music at all. Oh like, yeah. I was. N- I'm still not really a fan of like things that are funny or amusing like that, unless it's like Snoop Doggy Dog or Dr. Dre kind of that gangster rap air of being funny. But the video kind of, in a way, betrayed the song because the video made it look stupid, yeah. in a way. So I was never... I, it's not like I disliked it, but I never thought anything special about it. But coming at it now is like an an older person <laughs> who's listened to hip-hop for a very large percentage of my life and how things have changed. like, And, and actually sort of looking into the history of hip-hop and thinking about how it's progressed and how, you know, the weird thing with hip hop now compared to then, back then there was like seven or eight guys. Like there was like groups or people. There was like LL Cool J or Rakim yeah. or Run DMC or like uh, Queen Latifah, like the mm. Beastie Boy. Like you knew everyone That's because right. there was not it's, that many guys doing just, it. It's starting really. And if you knew who who they were, it's because they were actually really good at it. Mm. Now there's like way too many guys, <laughs> sure, and most of them are shit, because that's what happens with all genres, I guess. That's true, right? Saturation, all just that. like an insane saturation of just like it's, really, it's like we look at the news last week. We didn't. I think we, I tossed out an off cuff remark. Some like like nineteen year old white rapper was dead or something. It's like who gives a fuck? <laughs> Like, who the fuck's that guy? I mean, his parents probably care, but outside of them... Rest like, in peace. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. All that stuff. But it's just like, who, like, little Zan or fucking... Little Zipper. Yeah, like, little <laughs> drug user. Like, who gives a shit? He's fucking garbage. Um, <laughs> that's a sad thing now. And then yeah. it's like... I well, mean, it's, it yeah. was the same in the 90s with rock bands where it's like you got all these terrible rock bands then there's like a few great ones, right? Like, sure. it's the same with everything. Definitely. But back then, hip-hop was like... It went from being a fad, like a weird little... Like, oh, look at this. Look at these black people thinking they have something. 
to becoming a legitimate like music genre yeah. because of fucking Run DMC, not because well, of anyone else. Definitely. I agree and, with that. And they were revolutionary in a way. And they, they took everything that people were doing in New York in the streets, like the the and you know, hip hop originally was not rap music. It was hip hop was uh, rap music and DJing and graffiti yeah. and break dancing. Those are the elements yep. of hip hop. Right. And that you know, like Jam Master Jay was like the first guy to like really show people like look this way you can do with like turntables. <laughs> like this yeah, is yeah. this is what we can actually do and how you can actually create something comp- you've never even heard of before and this album this was the f- I, I, they, well, not this album the previous album was the first rap album to go gold and and it was nominated for Grammy and just this is such a, a progression on that first that first album had some great like Rockbox is an amazing song but it was not an amazing album this is the first time where it really feels this year I should say the first year where hip hop feels mm. legitimate right with this album and uh, License to Ill, I guess. And, yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it, it does sound, obviously, of the air, like the sound, the drum machines, like the the, 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 the hip-hops, like the B-Boy style of, like, I mean, the Beastie Boys do it too in the same same year where it's like we've got a sentence like we're going to just alternate words and it's going to go left to right. That's in right. The mix. That's right. Like, that's For me, stuff. that sounds a bit d- dated. But I mean, I mean it, obviously, that's oh, that's the era. So I mean, the starting it, point. It, it's definitely not like where you're going to get now. Like Migos are not going to be like... Cooking up the... Whipping up the... Like it, they're not gonna do that, but it wouldn't matter if they did because you can't understand fucking word any of them say anyway. Like, <laughs> right? Like, so I'm gonna true. keep flicking her pussy as fast as I can. <laughs> like it wouldn't. It I wouldn't knew. Work. I knew. You'd go I had there. to. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, listeners. Um, you know, oh, whatever yeah. the fuck, like Playboy Cardi was doing like recently. Whatever. Oh Jesus Christ! But worst like, time of 2021. Easily at this point. Easily. But, you know, these guys, even though it is like, it's like your grandpa's hip hop now, sadly, but, which is like a weird thing, because like my grandpa's never had hip hop. Mm. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) But they legitimized something that literally became the biggest form of music in the world for like 20 years now, like, and shows no signs of not being the biggest form of music in the world for the next 20 years yeah it's not like i, I can't imagine like someone's gonna come along twiddling some guitar solos out and it's gonna suddenly change everyone's mind that's the thing is right? i mean that does that's yeah I would, I would agree that's unfortunate but that's just the way, it's, the way yeah. it is right yeah it's just not as cool as it used to be i mean it just isn't that i mean well, that's what it comes down what, yeah what's exactly. cool what sounds cool right so it doesn't so. and uh, so for influence yeah, it's massive but I, I yeah. just thought it was a really I mean the drums sound still sound amazing to me like it's so well recorded the drums sound like the those 808 sound like just huge just boom boom and 
they are great MCs. It was an oh, old yeah. style, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. were fucking. I, I can't disagree with that. The, the, I don't think if me and you wrote a rap now and we would do alternating <laughs> words, in the, I don't think we'd sound that great at it. <laughs> Just hazarding <laughs> a guess. <laughs> it's got the old. Like, uh, well, my name is Chris, and I'm here to uh, see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not gonna work out like that. I think so. Yep. I don't know. I I really enjoy. It. I was surprised how. Yeah. Good this still sounded. Like it it actually gave me some a little bit of I felt quite satisfied with it because it actually made me think, well, hip hop has classic hip hop now, the way rock music has classic rock. Like there is actually a point where it still is good as long as you accept that it was just different then. Yeah. So like listening to the Allman like if the Allman brothers debut album came out tomorrow. You'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like that's not going to sell. Exactly. But still a great album. It's kind of the same thing. Not as great as that, but you know. What can you do? Anyway, run DMC. Nice. Raising hell. They did, They certainly did raise hell. They, they certainly uh, did. They changed the game. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was really I, uh, <laughs> struggling to get that, that line out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so what's what next? We, what we that was my no. number eight. So it must so be your number seven. Seven, that's right. Is the rather great band REM oh. with Life's Rich Pageant. We have to oh. briefly uh, table that one. Are we going to do that? All right. Yeah, then. So my so number back seven to you. is The Smiths. The Queen is dead. We're tabling that one too. Already. I think it's table time. Maybe. It might be a few more of these, but maybe not anymore. Uh, we'll see. Paul, uh, my number six is Paul Simon's Graceland. Well, there we go. I thought so. Right back. <laughs> so, Based on what you said earlier. Yep. <laughs> Let's have a listen Alrighty. to something from that. Let's do it. companion being nine years old luckily he was As if I didn't child from that. his first marriage yeah I, I was a little, very, a little very, worried very there very suspicious yeah 
thanks, to thanks. be honest, Paul, Simon, it does look a little bit like he could be a pedophile. Uh, yeah. Kind of fits the mold. The, the hair, Small, bowl cut, kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I know despite that. You know. Yeah, sure. But uh, <laughs> not sure how to start my bit now. That's <laughs> after that. It's like, <laughs> Sorry. That's like, well, Paul Simon's a cunt, so uh, and, he, and he fucked up the apartheid thing and all that. No, I mean there's a political there, shit. With there's this a, album. like some weird shit. I don't want to. I don't want to go near that. I've read the about it. Thing, yeah. and there's also the Lost Lobos thing. Yeah, it's all pretty. Yeah, you can read it. Me read that online, yeah. but yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a mis- big issues with this album. <laughs> big That's issues. A, I was really yeah. that was the Lost Lobos thing yeah. was interesting to me. Yeah, how the, he was like. What have you got? And they just start playing a song that's only just on the album. That's right. <laughs> Credited entirely to him. I know. It's like it yeah. really does. You can you can you can definitely hate Paul Simon from this point on. I mean, yeah. There's definitely a lot of issues with the politics and the, the royalties of this album and everything, but the credits, I mean the royalties as well. But yeah. But yeah, I mean musically I've always loved this album. It's one of those albums that we played constantly wherever he went in the car and it's just embedded in me and I just love the sound of the music I love the sound of the the instruments I love all this sort of obviously the African the whole thing is about the African kind of the, the sounds that he got from the South African artists and stuff. Yeah. I've always liked that maybe maybe because of this album I don't know I've always oft, often been interested in a lot of the music you can hear from different countries in Africa the sounds the different beats yeah. I guess it comes from this and I, you know, like Graceland's a very nice song. Um, Not a lot of African stuff in Graceland, though. What do you mean? There's no African world music element to that song. I thought, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, that song. Sorry, I yeah. think it meant the album. No, of course there Yeah, is, but de- definitely not this one. <laughs> but Homeless, um, Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes, oh, yeah. Gumboots, I guess. I don't really like that one much. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting album to me. Because it, yeah. I would still say this is an honourable mention. It was on my yeah. top ten for a while. Okay. Do you know what? For me, sure. I did not grow up listening to this album. I oh, remember, you didn't? Okay. I remember the song Graceland. I remember the video for You Can Call Me Al because Chevy Chase Chevy was in Chase, it. Yeah. Chevy Chase was one of my Huge. childhood heroes. Remember him compared to little Paul Simon? Yeah. Was that real? Like Chevy Paul Chase Simon like, like taller than you. Well, he's like 6'6". Six, six, he's like 6'5", 6'6". Six, 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 oh, really? um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't grow up with it. My parents did not listen to Paul Simon oh, okay. at all. So oh, I see. I, and nothing against the African people or their talent in playing their music. I can't stand world music. Oh, really? I fucking hate it. And I think this album would be infinitely better if you took all that African stuff out of every song. Oh, really? I absolutely... For me, that's what ruins the album. Oh, I mean, I really like that. I, I, I gather... Like, there's some song, I can't remember which song, but where there's just this, like, in the background of the chorus or something, and it's just like, could you shut the fuck up, bitch, and let Paul Simon sing? Like, I can't oh, really? stand it. And well, that, that's, yeah. it, and I've always felt that way about any kind of, like, like, the 80s was big on world music, probably because of this but album. Like, but, like, um, Talking Heads had it. They did. And... But still, for me, the focal point was David Byrne. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it just worked okay in that. To me, it because I don't think those songs would be better if you took it out. I think all these songs would be better if you took it out. 
No, so, I, I couldn't. I mean, obviously, we're completely different. Yeah, but, I, I, yeah. I just, it's just something that's never, it's not like I don't admire the musicianship or the craft. Do you or, think it doesn't fit? Or? It, I just don't like the sound of it. Okay. Yeah, fair it, enough. It, it's just, it's a sound, a tonality. You don't like the that, sound of it, yeah grates on me immensely and i don't need to just hear like it sounds like 20 people playing the spoons it's like i hate that Soundgarden song spoon man oh it's like that that times a million just clitter clatter clitter clatter fucking metal sounds clinging and clanging and just like so like the steel drums of jamaica or whatever like you wouldn't doesn't appeal to me in the slightest no i i get that it reminds me of those like time life commercials for like all these famous songs played on the pan pipes. Like it's just like so lame to me. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to like embarrass myself. But when I first heard that kind of thing, I used to like it. Actually, the pan okay. pipes. Okay. When I walk around the town, I hear the pan pipes. Kind of, that's kind of nice. I think pan pipes as an instrument sound pleasant. <laughs> but every just... song, every popular song ever played on it, it's not required, right? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, it it just feels yeah. like it reminds me of that period where it was like, I guess I was getting to an age where it's like, I fucking hate everything. And then <laughs> that's when like Metallica and Guns N' Roses came in. And we're like, you don't hate everything. <laughs> and that. Yeah. Okay. That it, well, maybe that's I, I think the, this maybe was that's like the, a turning point in my yeah. life when this album was the biggest thing in the but world. Maybe that, like, that proves I, a point. Yeah. Maybe that proves a point that like what you listen to growing up does have a big significant effect on what you end up liking. I guess so. I do think there's some there's some truth to that. But right? I mean, like I said, you know, my parents listened to Bruce Springsteen, Dire Straits, yeah. endlessly, but incessantly. You didn't, you didn't like Dire Straits until later. When I was, you? I hated it. And yeah. Queen, I fucking couldn't stand it until I was in my thirties. But now we don't like Queen again. I, right? I still don't. I mean, I acknowledge <laughs> no, because that Queen of, has some because good Because of Brian songs. May being, a, well, being yeah. a twat. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I never, like, yeah. I, I literally was in my 30s before I was like, oh, this Die Straight stuff is actually uh, pretty good now. Yeah. Because it was just like old people music to me. Right, and right, and right. that's how I grew up thinking of, like, I mean, my parents, I remember my, at some point my parents listened to, like, Banana Rama in the car. Yeah. And it was just like, that's shit. Like it was obviously young people music, but as a little boy going to like fucking like prime like like elementary school like infants like the like five six years old just thinking like, <laughs> I was really you uh, grew up very I was fast, very independent. You? I guess yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I liked what I liked, and yeah. I didn't like anyone else to tell me to like anything. And yeah, they didn't listen to this, but it was just something that you would see on TV a lot or. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. That clinging and clanging is such an 80s thing. Like somebody's, like they recorded their album in like a steel factory or something, like a steel works mm. with like steam exploding everywhere and people hammering like lumps of <laughs> metal or something. That's what it, a lot of this eight, this middle 80s music reminds me of. Yeah. And it was never sitting that well with me. So, well, you know. <laughs> But everyone, I do think yeah. the album, the songs are excellent. Mm-hmm. Of course. I just wish, like, if this is Simon and Garfunkel album, I would probably love it. I guess this was the point where like, Simon, Simon and Garfunkel were, no, were, no, were, like, were estranged, right? They were no longer... They hated uh, each other. I think basically, yeah, they were like not on good terms. Yeah. But I, I just think that's what it would be for. So I, I would still say it's an honorable mention. I had it on my, my 10 for most of the week. Yeah. It was just like the more I listened to it, that that one song. I wish I could remember which one it was. I'm in Omega Nope, or whether it's just like the African woman. I guess, like there is, yeah, 
yeah, in the background. Let me try to remember it just by looking at the song titles because yeah. I, sh- I know the album Inside Out. I think Paul Simon is such a pleasant and soothing yeah. voice. Oh, yeah. I don't need that shrill, like, harpy noise overpowering his beautiful voice. It might be homeless, actually. It might be. Homeless, homeless. And then there's, like, yeah. Yeah, some, I mean, it comes I, on later. I mean, I, I wish. I wish I I wish I liked it. I wish I appreciated because I do really like so many of the songs here and it, it's super well recorded and everything. I don't give yeah. a shit about the apartheid shit. The Los Lobos thing is a bit of a different thing. <laughs> yeah, a it is. And is. Is Paul Simon's obviously a uh, serious yeah. dick move. Um, he was a dick at this point, I have to say. Yeah, but hey, the album, I mean, regardless of you know, I mean, I understand how you feel, but regardless of how you may feel about it, it is considered like an absolute masterpiece. Oh, I mean, I, I, I also understand like how legend, you feel. Status. I think if, if this is something that you are okay with or something you mm. actually enjoy, then yeah. the songs are great. There's yeah. so many great songs here. Even, you know, I made fun of, like, You Can Call Me Al earlier, but as a song, it's lovely. It's great. Great melodies. Yeah. Really catchy, nice songs. I was walking around last night just... In the kitchen, boop, like boop, boop, you can call me Betty, yeah. you can call, call me yeah. Betty. <laughs> yeah, like, like it was in my head, like it was. Oh, so. I have to say that bass solo in that song. Yeah, great, <laughs> Some, <laughs> great, so cool, great right? like the uh, the great bass? guitar play on the song. Great, yeah. great bass playing. Great, great stuff. Great stuff. Just wish could have dialed back the old African stuff. Sorry, that's not quite right. Leave that alone. Oopsie daisy. <laughs> do you want to go to some unga bungas too? <laughs> right, so what's next? Just kidding. What's just next? Kidding. Yeah, obviously. Um, I, I was trying to impersonate the sound, but couldn't quite get six. it right. Anyway, that was your number number six? That was my six, yeah. Okay, well, my number six, we already table for you, is R.E.M.'s Life's Rich nice. Pageant. Let's do it. Let's do it indeed. There's a That has fallen me by R.E.M. Yep. Life's Rich Pageant. Uh, they're four of them? Yep, they're four of them, yeah. Oh. Maybe you could argue this is towards the end of their, well, alternative or less mainstream period. I mean, I guess so. What comes out of this? Time was the first big green? sort of commercial thing. Green. green no, no, document. No, document's next. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're green maybe. Uh, I think Out of Time is the first real oh, yeah, yeah. commercial uh, turn they, for They you. certainly went commercial then. Um, um, and it's one of the albums I, I, I don't own, actually, from this early period. 
I don't, yeah, know why I, I don't own I this. I don't have yeah. a. I, I can't remember. I was trying to remember. Do I own this? I, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> I did. I do have green. Yeah. And I guess I, I think I have documents. So I'm. Yeah, I do have documents. I have murmur reckoning, like all that yeah. stuff. So I don't know what it was about this album. There, there's definitely some good stuff. I don't think it's as good as mm, yeah. the previous albums. I don't, I don't think, think it's as good as some of the albums that come after it. So. Oh, Fables of the Reconstruction? Reconstru- Fables of the... Was yeah, the did that one, one, I think, yeah. That was in our top tens, I think. Yeah, it was. But yeah, it's not as good. I don't think this is as good. No. But it's still, like, a lot of upbeat, kind of fast tempo tunes on this. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I, to be honest, like, the first time I listened to it for this, I was thinking, well, that's kind of not a... Like, I don't know, it's just whatever. Yeah. And... It sort of dropped all the way. It was the second album. Actually, it was the first album I actually listened to for the list. And then it dropped all the way down my top 10. And then I listened to it again. It jumped all the way back up again. <laughs> and I don't think oh, yeah. it's I don't think it's a great album, but it's certainly a very good album with some really good songs. And mm. even sort of the, the lesser moments, like... Uh, the Flowers of Guatemala. Well, the flowers of Guatemala is, is weird because, like, when I first listened to this, I was thinking, oh, "God, that sucks," and then I listened to it again. It kind of, I just made me think of like a Tarantino, like sixties uh, kind of weird surfy pop song or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like, "Well, that's all right. It's not like terrible." Mm-hmm. And and in the end, you know, a lot of the albums on my list are kind of albums that just didn't have something, some mm-hmm. aspect that I I really disliked. Just like why Graceland is not on my list is because it had that aspect of that I just didn't like even though I liked so many of the songs more in a way but yeah I think it's it's a really solid album that's about it but I mean I I, I definitely felt like the first half was much better than the second much more enjoyable as well but now I'm like yeah a lot of the second half has some good songs as well like Superman mm. yeah I like Swans 1H I believe, apart from the stupid uh, banjo intro, intro. <laughs> kind of ruins that. But it's great after that's done. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, not the best REM album, but still, you know, it proves that they were a great band. And if you still I mean, that's them. that's it, right? So album alpha album, really. So it's it's certainly very good. Not I mean, excellent. I mean, at this good. point, is this their fourth album mm. in a in four years? might be yeah which is that just about that that's that's probably the point where they should have realized like we might want to take a little bit longer on some of these songs yeah because that's right fables of reconstruction was 85 then reckoning was 80 uh 84 obviously and then men was 83 yeah so probably this needed another year i think yeah to really really be like on that level but mm. And Chronic the EP was 82, wasn't it? Chronic Town, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. But yeah, just... Uh, there we go. Solid album. I mean, I don't know how much I'd listen to this. Like, I, I think... Yeah. If you're going to pick, you know, like if you're going to put on some REM, you probably wouldn't put this on first. No. So you'd <laughs> just be like, thing. okay, I want to hear a couple of songs. I, I yeah. think you have to be a serious, like, serious REM fan, like, mm. completionist to be like, I must own life switch pageant but there are definitely some good songs here and it's it's a solid album yeah i i do i'm kind of curious to see if 
how different what, what's next document is it green um green i believe line. it's um document i believe so too it'll be kind of interesting to see in in no dead, dead letter office was that a best of dead letter office That's is a, like oh, yeah. a b-side documents 80, you're right 87 yeah so I think it'll be interesting to see how much they change from. Mm. I mean that that album's obviously got the one I love and everything. The end. It's the one end of my the world as we know it, and so. you know it's yeah, I, finest I really, work really song. Like like, I think it's that one, the, like maybe the second or third R.E.M. album I actually bought. It, it's after that ultimate yeah, thing it, out of um, time. I think it was the fourth for me after yeah. uh, Green Mind. Yeah, but. Yeah, I I think um, they probably reached the end of what they were doing here, and then had to go in a, like a little bit more of a considered direction, and that's probably what they do with document with like some really big hook singles mm-hmm. rather than you know Michael Stipe is still very so sort of withdrawn as a lead vocalist. I think where his lyrics are more like held back and you can't really understand what he's singing a lot of the time yeah. I think the next album they really open up to like becoming a little bit more like serious about like achieving <laughs> something yeah. maybe and uh, this album is probably like a transition point but it's a good album oh yeah for sure anyway that was my number oh, six so, your five. I my believe. five is uh, "I Against I" by Bad Brains. We have to table that one. Okay. So my five is "Evil" by Sonic Youth. Oh, cool. Okay. Nice pick. That's not, not on mine, but did like. Nice. Okay, let's listen to something from that. That's Tom Violence. Very happy music. She's saying there, I changed my surname to Violence. Yes. That'd be good. Chris Violence. <laughs> the only trouble is, I feel my daughter would be a rough one at school, probably. Yeah, she might be uh, teased a bit about it. 
Unless you look threatening enough. Yeah, it's like, uh, scout, scouring at them. It's like, <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> you violence, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I cut you. I might discuss it with her and I'll see how she feels. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's, of course, the opening track from Evil from Sonic Youth. Their um, first. No. Wait, 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 no, no, third album. Third album. Third, um, First one that sounded like a band, in yeah. a way, like a... Yeah, that's true. First one that sounded like music that was intended to be listened to. To listen to, to rather than, like, punished by. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, it's certainly not the early, earliest Sonic Youth album I own. I own uh, most of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, somebody weird just added me on. Oh, okay. Sorry. I got a weird, weird message on my phone there. Uh, I see what that is. Um, sorry for that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've always loved this album. This was... I got this album when I was very young. Not when it came out, of course, but uh, mm. just a few years later. And Sonic Youth were one of my, my big bands as a troubled teen. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they were they were definitely one of my one of my big bands from a, a very young age from seeing them um doing the reading festival i guess oh really and um mm. and it was uh it's a band that i i loved pretty much until the end they're not not like i love every album but I think the first, the earliest Sonic Youth, I never owned the debut, which when we did 1982 proved me correct in that choice to not buy it. I did buy B Bad Moon Rising, which is their second album, which has some some really good stuff, but some really terrifying just noise scapes. And um, Evil is definitely the turning points where Steve Shelley joined the band as the drummer and gave mm -hmm. them like like some solidity as like a rhythm section and and yeah made their sound far more coherent and I mean the next album from 1987 is Sister which is absolutely one of their best albums so looking forward to that one um I don't know I, I to me this is I keep thinking because when I when I first heard this album it was already in like the early 90s it was probably 91 92 and Nirvana and like Dinosaur Jr and all those kind of bands are already like big part of my life so it felt totally normal yeah but when I'm thinking about you know the biggest albums of this year being like Madonna and Paul Simon's Graceland and, and so on it was like how the fuck did anyone hear this and ever want to listen to like keyboards and shit like that ever again like it sounds like 50 years in the future to me it just feels completely revolutionary compared to what was popular then like completely unpolished like just this dark very menacing raw like, and uh, like, uncomfortable really like, isn't it? definitely like yeah literally designed to be the opposite of but what that's, music but that, was that designed is in a to sense be. that's why it isn't popular because <laughs> it's not comfortable no, to I mean, I, it's not like i'm expected to be like <laughs> yeah like yeah, yeah. on like fucking top of the pops or whatever but <laughs> yeah but it's like 
it creates to a me, different audience like, doesn't it to me as yeah. soon as i hear this it's like well fuck that shit <laughs> like mm. that's just how i feel i mean like, it's, it's yeah I mean, for, it's for much my cooler, sensibilities it? it's, it's just like, well, fuck. like like i hear this or like metallica or whatever it's just like well fuck off like that that's just how it made me feel and that's again why i think this is kind of the turning point year where uh, yeah the underground would get bigger and bigger and yeah, bigger to the did. point where if five sure. five years later it became the mainstream so that's which is amazing in retrospect because yeah. now it's un, 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 impossible there's no underground unless it's like a whole, like a whole new revolution comes around yeah. again which i guess in theory is possible i mean it it's i guess i think the trouble is because it, then there was no internet so all these bands mm, were secret and you had to right. You had to discover them. You get tapes from your your mate or whatever. But also, it wasn't an era where you know we. I always rag on Pitchfork and shit because all their writers now are like nineteen year old girls, who, <laughs> not not because of that, but because no, yeah, those yeah. girls they grew up listening to Taylor Swift or right. Ariana Grande or whatever, and so they portray that as like authentic music, right? As like having some artistic value, and so those artists growing up around that age of like soccer mommy something probably big taylor swift fans mm-hmm. whereas the underground then was looking at like fucking van halen or madonna or michael jackson or paul simon or whatever it's just shit it was something like the enemy to be fighting against it was the whole punk rock ethos doesn't exist anymore it's not us against them. Mm. Everyone just wants to be them nowadays. And I think you could say like a lot of mainstream music now is good, better than it was in the 90s, for sure. Mm. Yeah, like pop music or so on. But there's not that like that contrast of like art and value and being authentic and real that people probably too much value in yeah during the early 90s well i mean you, you all you have to do is like look at kurt cobain's whole attitude to everything where he couldn't even listen to his his best-selling album because he thought it sounded like pop music like fake pop music he hated the way ne- it sounded. never mind right yeah. yeah he wouldn't even listen to it right he said he hated the album right like that's how like being how important being authentic quote-unquote was to those guys and they were passing like tapes around and literally handwriting fanzines and sending them around the country different like the the you know the seattle scene the portland scene the dc punk scene and all this shit was a thing now with the internet and how all our new music is born from these websites Mm. it's just so much more homogenized in some way there's obviously music that is less not going to make it in the mainstream but it's more likely to make it now than it ever was i think yeah so, i guess you know, so. like bonnie vare winning grammys and shit like that wasn't happening in 1986 mm. it just wasn't that's right so anyway for me sonic youth is a big part of that <laughs> and, i mean they uh, yeah they were really kind of evolutionary on the alternative scene that's, that's like for sure incredibly mm. influential it's definitely opened up my ears as well like yeah. I mean I did I tried to I listened to Evolve and I, I went through like phases of loving it just thinking it's kind of not 
enjoyable and just going back and forth and finally I didn't put it on my list yeah, but yeah. it is a very interesting and mm, I don't know how to say I guess progressive album really mm, but yeah definitely yeah. definitely worth a listen if you haven't heard early Sonic Youth agreed alright um, so that was my uh, five yes so your four four my four is ex- how do I say this ecstasy XTC X TC's Skylarking. Okay. Yeah. Let's give something a listen. I guess it's XTC. Yeah. Because ecstasy is something else, right? Not yet, then. Another meaning. Well, it wasn't at that point. But. <laughs> or ecstasy could just be ecstasy, right? It could be. The ecstasy of gold. Exactly. Yeah. So that's... that. I have no idea, actually. But I don't remember anyone mentioning never, the never band when I was a kid. So I never heard of this band before. And I, you know, I'd I was heard really, of them. But I had nothing. And I looked... I looked. I was looking up lists of all, like, all the albums that came out this year, and this one was considered, like significant or whatever so I gave it a listen at first I was like this is kind of weird and I was like oh, I forgot about it completely forgot about it I had no, did no intention to put it on my top 10 listened to it again last night I was like this is some really good songwriting and it works as like a concept album like the songs flow together well very very you know obviously very upbeat very different to what what we just heard <laughs> Some Sonic Youth, the complete polar opposite of that kind of sound. Mm. But really enjoyed the songs on this. Thought they're excellent. Like, obviously, got like Beatles vibes from the production, the sounds, and the melodies and stuff. But this was actually, I think, produced by to- uh, Todd Lundg- uh, Rundgren. It was, yeah. We mentioned earlier. They did not have a f- good relationship. They didn't. Yeah, no. I read read about that. But um, I think it really worked for that. That in the favor of the album sound and um yeah this is something that i ended up really liking so it got right up on my list 
Yeah, I, so. I like this too. I, it was in the end. It was. I, mean, I think there's two guys writing songs, two guys singing, and yes, there's the, a different singer on the second track certainly. So I've his name, the but. the other guy, <laughs> I'm not a fan of. Yeah, and that's kind of what did it. I mean, actually, this album, this band, I listened to their album English Settlement when we did 1982. Oh, okay. Which is like a very highly considered album too, and I just like didn't like it very much okay, at all. I didn't listen to I it. I prefer this one. Yeah. I think I I also did the Big Express in 1984, which I also did not <laughs> apparently like oh, very okay. much. I don't remember, yeah. So I I, I, I heard about this out uh, this band as like a big band in the 80s like artistically. I don't know what it I I like this album quite a lot. It was definitely a contender for me. I just much like they might be giants. I wished I could cut off like four or five songs. And mm-hmm. they were all written by the other dude. <laughs> oh, okay. There's like some very sort of like countryfied so yeah. kind of like. Andy Partridge is the the main guy. Yeah, I like Colin, his songs. Colin Moulding's the other one. Yeah, I'm not a one, fan of Colin's yeah. songs, unfortunately. Yeah. But I I do think it's a really really good and very interesting album. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of either of their voices, but I could look fa- look past that. Except the sort of Colin songs are very kind of countryized and sort okay. of that's not really working for me that much it was okay it was definitely an honorable mention yeah i like the album but just a little bit too much maybe okay if it's a little bit a little bit shorter a couple of less songs i'd probably it's like 15 14 tracks is it yeah Yeah, 14 Mm, it's a pretty pretty long album i think but yeah well, I mean, it's actually it's not that much. It's forty-five minutes. So maybe maybe the we had the the edition, the remastered edition on Apple Music's a bit longer or something. Uh, it certainly felt like an hour long, but it felt like <laughs> I don't know. It, it felt kind of long anyway. Yeah. And they were just yeah. I I think the fact that it ends with like the last half has like three songs by Molding did not help my uh, appreciation of it. Okay. Especially the last two songs are by him. Oh yeah. So at that point, it was kind of like you know that's enough for you sir <laughs> but if i could have cut all four of his songs or five songs i probably maybe, would have been maybe five yeah you know i probably would have liked it much much more but i do think it's a very very Ooh, solid i think album. it's something that's yeah never heard of before and it's something i'm definitely going to come back to in the future i think it's one i think it's like one of those growers for me like i can see myself liking this more and more in the future so which is I, always I a, a good thing for me their voices even andrew partridge it's jimmy was talking about um tears for fears how i like, I like the songs but i don't really like their voices and that's i can why I, yeah i can they, i can hear the similarities kind of like, yeah weird like, like baritone very british yeah, way of singing I, that was popular in the 80s never had an issue with that ne- but, yeah. yeah for me i all even as a kid i never liked that sound so yeah. it's it's always been like a problem for me, that kind of, but I, I do think it's a good album, but I would never listen to it ever again. Even though I think it's a good, I mean, to, I'll be honest, this year, any album I don't own, I probably will never listen to ever again. <laughs> so that's that's kind of where I'm at with 1986, I think. But Yeah, okay. And even maybe a couple that I do own. 
Well, there's definitely a couple of albums I want to own after doing this. Yeah, that, we're, that's we're cool. We're going to get to one shortly, that's I'm sure. That's cool, that's cool. Uh, maybe, actually, yeah, maybe. maybe I, think the, you, I think you will, actually. There might be one. I think there's one that there both one. we're going to end up buying. Maybe, <laughs> maybe so. I'm way off buying music all the time nowadays. So. Well, no, no, you know, not for the yeah. sake of it, but that's something that you think is really good. And you like? We'll see. Anyway, um, so your your four, or three? my number four your is four. Uh, the aforementioned Anita Baker Ooh, with her album right Rapture. up there. Eh? Okay, oh, yeah. cool. Let's give something a listen. Let's do it. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Baker mm. from uh, her album Rapture, her Rapture. second album. Yep. Very nice. Uh, very good. Wish I'd listened to her first off. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what that would sound like. No. This um, was obviously her commercial hit, her big, big one. Yeah, and it's like that, like Smokey Robinson, like Quiet Storm type genre thing, but. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely remember hearing this as a kid I mm. guess my mom liked it my mom was like well into the uh, sort of black R&B soul type music sure most of my childhood certainly when she was a kid she was and um, I don't know it was, it was sort of something I noticed on one list and I thought mm, that's an interesting inclusion yeah for a list maybe I should give that a listen and I, I just I just really fucking love them. I mean, it sounds very eighties in its way, like the the drum machines and the keyboard, like the shimmering keyboards it's and all that very, shit. Very, very perfect, isn't it? Very yeah. like very polished and uh, right. it's very very luminous and perfect and all that. But her voice really carries it through sure. here, and I think like even though it's not like a real band, like. The way they make the music swell with her voice and everything is it mm -hmm. still works in the same way like a, a classic Motown album mm -hmm. could have worked. Yeah, and um, it's just really it's really good. Yeah, I mean this is the one there album that I don't own that I would definitely consider. Buying, there isn't one bad song on it. Eh? No, like it's all very enjoyable. Like. Yeah good music great yeah she's a great singer no doubt about that um, but I, I like the way that it mm. 
it doesn't like there's no like needless attempts at a big hit oh, pop single like Whitney Houston oh the pop I think meant the big voice but yeah Oh yeah, I mean she didn't do that either. She didn't but, go nuts, does she? But just there's no like needless like let's have fun and clap our hands and dance and cause that's what's popular. Like there's none of that. It's just it's just some like deep soulful like love song shit, and you're gonna just turn the lights down oh, and you're gonna fucking love it. I was just looking at the the, the credits, the personnel. It's yeah. like hundreds of bassists and all kinds of stuff. Oh wow, yeah. They really got that the whole, all the guys, all the guys all and girls out. All players, the drummers. <laughs> Damn, yeah, that's incredible. So that's that Motown kind of thing, isn't it? I guess With so. The production yeah. and you know, huge roster of musicians to create, create a beautiful sound, right? Really does. Yeah, really it's does. Very, so. very nice. Solid stuff. Mm. And probably yeah. one of the. I mean, in the sense, one of the best albums. In the sense, there's nothing bad on it. Every song. It's exactly quality music right that's exactly right yeah and yeah out of all the stuff well actually that's not true almost all all uh, most uh, <laughs> of the albums i don't own this is one of the the two i might okay actually own someday i think yeah okay number three right yes peter gabriel so alrighty yeah let's do it i Red Rain there, the first track on Peter Gabriel's So. Yep. And uh, they, you can hear uh, Stuart Copeland's gorgeous hi-hats and two other drummers, I believe. One on the electronic drums, another mm. on the st- standard drums. I, I guess so. Um, yeah, this uh, fucking, just fucking love it. Fucking love this album. Always loved it. Always will do. Um, kind of bizarre how, like, the the track listing is different depending on which version you have the original track listing is pretty great 
the 2002 remastered edition has some weird changes which kind of ruin the flow of the album so if you can listen to this listen to the original like track listing which has um i think in your eyes as track five rather than track at the last track uh anyway yeah so just great just awesome really i mean like the the the, the, the songs obviously are awesome like the um just like the bass sound tony levin just sounds awesome on this like i, I don't know songs are really catchy there's a lot of different like mood changes like sledgehammer going to don't give up with kate bush um originally written for dolly parton apparently but she that's rejected right it. That, i read that yeah that's, that's very interesting and you got like, kind of the how shall I say this? Well, African influence. Not, I don't want to say it like that. Yus, Yuso Nudo, what's his name again? Yuso Nudoa. Or singing on In Your Eyes, which I think really elevates the song. Mm. Uh, Mercy Street's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, that, there's that extra track. Well, that track, We Do What We're Told, which originally was the last track, is just kind of whatever. And they added, um, he added, This Is a Picture later on, which I think is like an early cut of his which kind of sounds a bit weird but at the seven tracks which were on the first seven tracks on the original album are just some of my, I think some of the best songs for me of that era so of that year um, yeah love love the album always will do nice so that's it really I think it's a good album I, I think Big Time is one of the worst songs of the year unfortunately and it completely killed the album for me I just can't stand it the lyrics the just the melody the whole the entire song is awful I think so it's super con like somebody doing a parody of the 80s now that's what it sounds like to me but yeah. I think the rest of the album I mean yeah that song they added is like got all that like Afrobeat world music shit going on with the clink clank clinking clinking clank clanks that I don't like as I mentioned on Graceland but I think for the the rest of the album is is really really nice it's very much of a time capsule of the era I think but they're definitely good songs I think it's a little overrated for what it its reputation is but I can totally understand loving it at the same time mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I would definitely put it as an honourable mention, but there it is. So that's my three. Alrighty, What's your uh, my number three. Three. My number three <laughs> is uh, "License to Ill" by the Beastie Boys. Oh, right.
Alright, there's uh, of course No Sleep Till Brooklyn from License to Ill. I mean, the Beastie Boys would certainly do much better stuff in future. This was just an album that I enjoyed listening to, an album I do own, an album I enjoyed listening to from start to finish. It does go against my no comedy in music policy, but... <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say. But, a lot of comedy in this. I mean, it, it is... But it, it's genuinely like offensively amusing without. If it's offensive, it's okay. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great though, really. But it's really a real fun album. I mean, it was just fun, and it was like I was not having fun listening to a lot of music from '86, and then I listened to this. It was like, well, I enjoyed the hell out of that. Yeah. So that's why it is where it is. What are the big much. hits on this this album? Well, no ones? sleep to Brooklyn. Um, yeah. Five for your uh, right party, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's um, classic. There's another big one, isn't there? Or did I? No, uh, those two. Those two certainly. Yeah. I mean, that, those two are like the the most famous songs on this. I remember having videos, and that that was like another thing with the video. Like when I was a kid, I I couldn't get into it because the video was just like stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Just even as a kid, I I was not a fan of things being stupid. But I'd love the video for Fight for Your Right to party. Yeah. Oh, that was this tra- that was trashing the party. That's right? right. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but I mean, like Brass Monkey is really fucking funny in this, and uh, Girls is like kind of a yeah. amusing song. What's that? Slow, slow ride is like got the fog hat thing, and um, I forgot which song. Hold it now, is it? Hit it has the uh, the Zeppelin sample. Like, there's some crazy samples. Yeah, in this yeah, there's a lot, like, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Was like maybe two less two Zeppelin? Uh maybe. I forgot. Which see, ones. Um uh, what's his name? Produced this. Uh, oh, Rick oh, Rubin. Rick Rubin, yeah. I think he did the run DMC one as well. Yeah, Hell, I think he so did. He really mm. key key figure he, in that. He really had yeah. a sound like that. Like both of these oh, yeah, albums yeah, really yeah. do sound quite familiar. Quite similar, sorry. But yeah, for yeah, sure. he, he definitely um he had a, a really interesting way of getting guitar sounds that still didn't sound like rock music. And mm. um, yeah, when I think he did that Jay Z song "99 Problems," which had like the massive guitar riff in the chorus, and uh, well, not the chorus so much, just the whole song, just that vroom, like sound wave from Transformers or something. And it was really like an update on the sound from this album in a way. So. Also did a bunch of Red Hot Chili Peppers albums, but apparently Rick Rubin's production style for rock music is to go, yeah, just do something, and then fuck off, and then come back later and go, yeah, don't do that, and then leave. <laughs> what? Like he doesn't like do anything. Okay. <laughs> apparently, he's a bit of a bit of a bummy. Uh, but I guess people still love working with him for some reason because somehow he usually just gets result. Like he'll just set up the microphones and go, go on. Then. <laughs> so I guess his mic but he gets placement, the sound he gets I guess the his right mic sound, placement yeah. is great yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. you got some like special knack yeah, to it really yeah. understand how to mic mm. a room but yeah you know, not offering you any thoughts on what he thinks about the songs sure so I, I think it was it might have been the Chili Peppers another band where they were like what should we do with this and he's like I don't know what <laughs> yeah. do you want to do with it <laughs> yeah that's good yeah so fair enough you guys write the songs Right, yep. and that, that was one of the things with that Skylarking album, where they were saying how 
Todd Rundgren was like removing like all the guitars from like one song or so he wanted it to be a mandolin or something okay and yeah. uh, Andrew Partridge was like I was thinking like a big fuzzy guitar yeah and he's like I think it should be a mandolin oh, and like they were just and he was Get actually and saying forth. Andrew Partridge like why do you go home and I'm gonna sing it and you can come back it's not his bloody album like you can see he's his idea he said they did a some take on some song and Todd Rungan goes that was shit I'll sing it and you can listen to me while you sing it so you can stay in tune. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, Todd Rundgren obviously a much better singer than Andrew Partridge, but well, yeah, that yeah. is still an insanely like disrespectful way of looking at it. Like that is such a like, I'm yeah. much better than and talented than you. So yeah. <laughs> like this is beneath me. So you just do what I think. He even told him at one point, well, I'll go home. And you spend a few hours fucking around with it your way. And then when you realize it doesn't work, you can call me and I'll come back and fix it. Like that <laughs> oh, was his literal like quotes. Wow. From from uh, working on the album. So it's a miracle <laughs> that that album turned out as good yeah. as it did. Eh? Wow. Anyway. Well, I guess, yeah, if it all works out, then. I mean, I guess so. Whatever but, the process you know, is. It, it, that, that's the weird thing with getting a producer like yeah. that, where it's somebody who has achieved immense success as an artist, I think. Yeah. That's a, a bit of an issue there. Anyway, moving on, number two. Right. So I guess you know which album I've got lined up. No? I should do. Oh, it must be the Smiths. Sure. Yeah, and the Smiths. Let's the Queen is dead. The Queen is dead. Let's pop on a song. Okie dokie. Take me out tonight. Where there's music and there's people and the young and the light. Driving in your car. I haven't got one anymore Take me out tonight Because I want to see people and I want to see life Driving in your car Oh, please don't drop me home Cause it's not my home, it's their home and I'm welcome no more And if a double-decker bus crashes into That is, there's a light that never goes out. Yes, and if a double-decker bus kills the both of us. <laughs> yes. Some bizarre lyrics, but I always like that for some reason. That bizarre kind of humour, like, I don't know what you'd even call it, morbid kind of humour. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this, I absolutely adore this album, as you probably already know. Um, you being Chris, not the listeners. Yeah, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like... I don't know what he likes. 
but yeah this is this is my this is the best smiths album for me i've always loved it very much i mean frankly mr shankly is kind of a bit weird no, no. yeah so I, I yeah i like the i like i know it's over and the way that goes into never had no one ever and then cemetery gates and big mass tracks like, i don't know something about the the flow of the album as well that really works for me um that, the title track's awesome that, that big that drum intro the queen is dead um yeah i don't know like it's kind of when you think about it, it's kind of a weird collection of songs and is you know vicar in a tutu like what the hell is this stuff about but there's something about it, it just it all just works for me and i think it's an, a superb album musically mm. Lyrically, not so much, but musically, it's fantastic. So that's why it's up there for number two for me. Yeah, it, it's. I weird, know like, you don't like it, well, but well, I put it in my top <laughs> ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, if I just made a list of top ten albums without listening to any of them, I would have put this number two as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just—I don't know if it's from doing these lists and like this sort of burnout of listening to the Smiths, like back to back to back where like in order like this where you know I've got all these Smiths albums on CD and like I would just randomly pick them to listen to different times this is like the least I've ever enjoyed this album I still think it's a really good album but for the first time like a lot of like the we like some girls are bigger than the Vicar and a Tutu or frankly Mr. Shankly and all Big like strikes again. The, just the that like attempted being funny really grates on me suddenly <laughs> and but also I just think I think I said in Mita's Murders like Morrissey doesn't really do anything different from album to album like it's the same melodies the same like oh, I'm just a miserable twat and then everything is like nah. all the time and it just like I don't in little bits like once or twice like, every two years you listen to a Smiths album and I think oh that's fucking great I love the Smiths but listening to them like fairly like concerted together I, I can see why so many people hated the Smiths when I was growing up yeah like obviously they were a massive band that everyone considers like this big influential band but there's tons of people who fucking hate the smiths and i kind of get it now because it's just very like samey and there's not a lot of progression and there's some great songs and everything but i it's definitely doing these lists has actually made me think less of the smiths even though i think this is still a really good album with really good songs but it's definitely lessened the my opinion of the smiths to be honest i i can kind of see why they would break up after this obviously they had internal problems but they weren't going anywhere music like artistically they weren't like progressing in the slightest they stagnated completely for the last two albums i think this album much better than meat is murder and it's certainly mercifully short of like any like five minutes of Marcy like falsettoing for like no reason at all. Yeah, that was kind of a disaster. But I I don't think there was any artistic progression in their compositions. Maybe that's or, why they broke up then. I mean, I that, mean Johnny. Mar- I don't know what actually happened with them. Was it Johnny Marr? I mean, they they, they 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 definitely Marcy. 
had infighting and Morrissey fired the bass player by putting oh, a note okay. on his car saying, D- I forgot what his name is, unfortunately, no disrespect, but he's like, dear you, you're no longer in the Smiths. Nice. Yeah. So it's just like... Well, he's infamous of being a twat, isn't he? I mean, he is an absolute twat, clearly. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows it, but... I don't know, mate. Like, for me, if I was Johnny Marr, and it's like Johnny Marr really did anything after this, to be fair, but I might start thinking, well, uh, how about we, like, write something different than the same song? Yeah. Because it is kind of just the best version of their songs. It's not, you know, even even R.E.M., like was, at least they did some, they, they tried some different stuff. And certainly with their next album is a real step up in like you know attempting to create more like anthemic or more like focused like like chorus driven songs whereas the smiths was very clearly just like a weird outlet for morrissey's like sort of rambling weird lyrics Hmm. and in small doses i think they're a great band but i think I've come to think, even though I really like the album and I like the band, they're a very overrated band by people of a certain age. So I really like it, but I was disappointed how much I didn't love it. All and right. that's why it's further down on my list than I would have anticipated. I mean, this is still a great song. There's a light that never goes out. It's great. The first track, The Queen is Dead, is excellent. Um, and the I, I think, like you said, I know it's over and never had no one ever is, is good and all that shit. But <laughs> all that I, shit. I, I just, <laughs> I, I think more, even like, frankly, Mr. Shankly, I think parts of that song are great, but I just hate that. Like, frankly, Mr. Shankly, like that part is just like, hmm, didn't need that part. So <laughs> it's, it's like, a, the more I have to listen and think about it, the more hypercritical I get. But I don't know, you know. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I remember, I think my my dad fucking hated the Smiths, I remember. Every time they'd be on TV, he'd just complain about, co- like, nonstop until they were no longer on the screen. Just, like, a barrage of insults. I, I like this. I, no, I own the boxer. That reminds me of you. <laughs> I, I, no, I mean, I, 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 I own the boxer. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. you know, I own every Smiths thing. <laughs> but I think Morrissey's, I think his solo album... Suedehead is it? Yeah, is Swedehead. a better album than this. Suedehead's awesome. I think it's Although a better I haven't album than the Queen. Given it did. enough time, like because I never really explored Morrissey as a solo artist, but and that's that's weird to me because the best thing about the Smiths is Johnny Marr, but he's not on that. Yeah. Album. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. Morrissey is way more focused as a songwriter on that. I think he got he got away with being way too rambling with a lot of uh, these lyrics, where they don't even fit in the song half the mm-hmm. time. It's just. Mm. It's like really, anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. I think it's a really good album, but it was just, I was really disappointed how it was. It's just like, I think it's given you like a new pr- pr- uh, perspective on the sound they had, right? Uh, yeah, like, like, and then, you know, considering it for like how important it is in that year, then maybe it loses its value to some extent. Well, but, just, it's, it's, yeah. its reputation is way too big. Mm. I so think. I think what, which magazines Enemy said it's like one one of the magazines Enemy says the best the album, of all, album time. of all time. Was which it Enemy? Is, yeah, which is uh, like that's absolutely insane. in. 
you know it's, I did think that's insane like, as much as I like it that's insane thing to this, say this album is not in the top 2000 albums of all time mm-hmm. I mean it's just not <laughs> like I, I'm pretty sure if I had to I could sit and I guess write it could be in my th- top 200 for me but yeah impossible because it's in my top 10 for you know <laughs> how many how many years have we been doing this 40 years it would be in total or something right? so in um, theory it could be in my t- if but this wouldn't be in my top ten for most of the years we top, did top four, top five hundred it would be in my top five hundred I think yeah I, I, I guess I strongly doubt it for mine yeah 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 and because there's there's albums in some of these years that didn't make my top ten that would have been in easily my top five in other years so ah uh, okay there's like it wouldn't be in like my oh top yeah 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 forty for some you years you, you know mean, what yeah. I mean like, you'd be, it could be like your ten honorables for one year. That should be in there. Really, There'd be right? like twenty honorables for one year. They're all better yeah. than this, yeah, and would all be in this top ten. So that's that's kind of the thing, you know. That's that's what it is. That's I get it. That's the weird thing of time, and that's how some albums end up being so highly regarded. I think. Yeah. Same with movies. That's also if, why if people, you release an album yeah. in a year with no good, like few yeah. good albums, then it's gonna make more of a dent. And that that shows how important like retrospective reviews are, reviewing is yeah, as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Like time gives you well, time gives you. It's kind of stupid. Time gives you time to reevaluate <laughs> that things. Sounds right? like a Van Halen lyric. There you go. Sammy Halen. Well, uh, Sammy I could have been. I could have been <laughs> in the the new Van what Halen. What's that lyric? <laughs> it's terrible, it's right? Time, you, you, like, yeah. I like like only that. time can only time only can time tell. prove if our love stands the test of time it's Something like, like that. no shit <laughs> <laughs> well yeah there you go so let's get anyway on with yeah it. Let's get on with uh, it. my number uh, two is i and i by bad brains oh yes that's what that was my five wasn't there it? you yeah. go nice Reignition, bad brains, bad brains. Washington D.C., I believe. Yeah, this is a this is a bit of a surprise, eh? I mean, I'd listened to like their first album when we were doing yeah, whichever year that was, '83, and I was not a fan. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, bad brains were a band I always wanted to like because they were always like a big part of that sort of mm. early skate culture kind of DC hardcore scene. Like Supreme did a collaboration with them. 
bunch of t-shirts and shit and yeah yeah i i really wanted to like bad brains and i thought it was never gonna happen and then actually this album turned out pretty fantastic it's it's interesting like i didn't like it now i love it <laughs> that's it really i mean it's like there's so much going on with the the style yeah you know? I mean, there's, there's so, so much. much depth to it like, they put solos in a lot of these there's songs there's some like well. good solos yeah. here too like, i don't think they ever did that before like competent guitar player oh yeah but uh, i think a lot of the riffs really made me feel like soundgarden or stuff yeah, like that like got that vibe from it like soundgarden, it for sure. really feels like a bit of a precursor for what was yes. going to come in like five six years time and that's like the seattle really sound, right? interesting yeah because usually like they credit sabbath for that or zeppelin but like there's definitely some of even like that that song kickstand or whatever you gotta think kim tyle must have been a big bad brains fan like yeah right oh like, yeah that's right the solo in style like mm -hmm. just all of that like the riffs wacky and kind yeah. of way out eastern style solo yeah it's it's eastern, definitely eastern, like what do you call them scales yeah 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 so <laughs> eastern okay. style what does that mean yeah, it's man. Exotic scales. Yeah, it's oriental. Oops, you can't use that. Well, Oxy Oxy. we still use it for scales. Oh, okay. No, sorry. That's good. So, so I found an interesting fact about this album. As they, when they were recording this, the mm. singer, his, his name's HR. Yes. Whatever that means. Whatever it stands for. Um, he was supposed to go to prison um, for a ma marijuana distribution. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but, no, yeah, but like, yeah, that's fine. You know, um, He's got to serve several months there. And they had just had one song left to finish. Well, no, they said they recorded the album like two hours because mm. of this like ridiculous time limit. Really, let's go to some Massachusetts prison. But they couldn't they couldn't finish the vocals for the song "Sacred Love," so he actually recorded that over the phone from prison. Really, you notice that very sort of like f sort of distorted kind of sound on that on his vocals. Yeah, 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 that's, that's actually it. from a bloody prison. Wow, well, I've heard rappers do that, but I yeah, that's he was bad a pioneer. They they pioneered that shit. <laughs> Apparently, HR stands for human rights. Oh, it's kind of boring. Mm -hmm. Should be like hedonistic rape. Oh, excuse me. Us. Us. <laughs> <laughs> hedonistic raving. The guitarist is called Doctor No. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these guys are awesome, man. I'm this is the album I want to buy from this year. Yeah, I mean, it's in Skylarking. For me, it'd be like this one, like Anita Baker. I guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely, really was surprised yeah. how this progressed and and got better and better. And I and I was telling you, I was saying to you, like, no, what are you talking about? I mean, I was just I didn't understand, but it really required a particular mood and time of day mm, to appreciate so, yeah. how how interesting and novel this was in a way, mm. especially for the year eighty six. Very good stuff, for sure. Yep. So, so anyway, that's about it, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should we do the old uh, one, two, three? I guess we are on the same page, presumably. Yeah. It's like Pet Shop Boys, maybe. Well, let's see. Let's do the old three, two, one. Okay. Yes. So, our number one album of the year is three, two, one. New Kids on the Block. Oh shit! No. No. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. Metallica. Metallica, of course. Master of. Puppets. Bloody hell, man. Let's do it. <laughs> Hello, 
So, of course there is Welcome Home Sanitarium. Maybe Metallica's finest hour for me. I, yeah, I, I would have to agree. Maybe one of the best heavy metal, thrash oh, easily. albums ever. Whatever you want to label it, the genre, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I just, just loved, I always loved this album. And I, I always, like, I guess I used Peter Gable, like, you always will. I guess I always will, too. But I, I don't feel like it sounds out of date or... No. or uh, from like a, a distant time, I mean, it's insane how old this album is when you think about it, right? Yeah, like 30, <laughs> wait a minute, uh, do the math 35, 34 years ago. <laughs> like that. I mean, that, like that. that's that's kind of crazy, mm. right? That this all and it's still just it's so well recorded, weirdly. And I don't know, like, it doesn't it feels kind of timeless in its way. Mm. I mean, it's obviously not from an era where they didn't have music like this, but when you listen to Mastodon, does Mastodon sound like a, another like generation ahead of this? Like it, it just sounds. I wonder how it will sound in thirty years, but how they would sound. So but... Mastodon. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, I, mean, I guess compare. so. I mean, it, it's just can't really say, but you no, know, yeah. that's true. It's just so like. It's such a perfect version of like metal music, I think. It's so melodic and so like enjoyable to listen to yeah. without sounding commercial or poppy or That's true. It I mean, it's just like heavy as fuck drums, heavy as fuck guitars and some guy growling. But still it it's not like there's no keyboards, there's no like love right. love letters in there. But it still is completely accessible to pretty much anyone, I think. Like, even as a kid, I could listen yeah. to this and just... Like, it blew my mind. It was just... I still would have never felt comfortable wearing a Metallica t-shirt, though, somehow. I don't know what that Not was. Not until I was, like, about 14. No, I don't think. Well, maybe yeah, 13, yeah. 14, I guess. I, I, maybe, I, I guess maybe when I was, like, 13, maybe I had... It's most of the kids who listened to hip-hop back then. Yeah. yeah. I guess I mean that they, well, obviously not then being eighty six because I was too young, but yeah. I mean, people listened to this in the nineties for me. Yeah, so like mid nineties or early nineties or something. I guess in like nineteen ninety, I guess I I probably yeah. did, but yeah. Did you ever see them live? I did see Metallica. You live, did see Metallica yeah, live? Wow! Obviously. Me and very um, jealous. The, my friend Ian, who was the bass player in my band, we went to. Was it a festival? No, no it was it was like Just the two or four the black album. No? Oh shit! Wow. Yeah. So they must have done Master of Puppets, right? Yeah, yeah, they did everything. I mean, the the title track at least. Yeah, yeah. They they did like all the good shit, Damn. and um, it's probably the best time to see them in hindsight. Because <laughs> yeah, not a lot of great songs coming after that's the black true. Album. Some good album. Like, yeah, I, I, reloaded, I really like um, loaded reloaded. Uh, well, yeah, that period wouldn't have been great. I, I like um, to self-destruct. I think was it? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. And um, Metallic, damn, death, geez, Metallic? death Metallic is is Metallica. a good album, but yeah. it's not like there's tons of songs in there you want to hear live. That's, yeah, but um, I still remember Kirk playing like a talk box. I can't remember which song he was using it on. Yeah, and. Like my friend goes, he has a tongue wawa pedal. I was like, <laughs> tongue wawa. <laughs> like no, 
<laughs> That's a talk box. Yeah. But it was the first time I ever seen anyone actually use one. I knew Peter Frampton used That's right. Yeah. On uh, Show Me the Way or Um or so it's a song I remember. I, I, all I remember is like Do You Feel Like We Do? Oh yeah. Uh, and like I know Jerry Cantrell used one on uh, Man in the Box oh yeah yeah wow 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 wow, wow. wow. that's right never got to use a talk box because you can't really use somebody else's talk box definitely it would not be very nice <laughs> no not especially with the coronavirus uh. well especially not now but <laughs> yeah. yeah most talk boxes not not owned by 21 year old girls so might be uh, uh, a might be a problem there <laughs> but you know they would no they were amazing they really were and um it was kind of shortly after that that it just i kind of just put them aside and just went all in on like the underground alternative stuff and didn't really think about metallica for a while and yeah kind of just forgot it didn't really care during the whole load reloaded phase because it was just whatever i don't care if the album sucks it's fine but Aren't they on like Unforgiven, like version four now or something? I Unforgiven think so. Four? I think so. There's definitely two and three, right? Two is, is quite good. Two is quite good, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, how many bloody sequels to a song do you need? That's really like. <laughs> I, I can't think of it. I mean, yeah. Who, who's ever done who that? Who could you ever do that with, right? Like, which bands did that? I feel like if you did like fucking um, Comfortably Numb Six. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yeah. Is there anybody out there? Because like all the Unforgivens are just like slightly different. Yeah. In a way, like they they don't really feel massively different. That's right. So um, just worse, slightly worse versions mm. of a great song. But I I just remember as being a teenager, teenager just just banging my head to this stuff, just loving it, I loving the melodic moments, loving the the heavy parts, loving all the. And I, I had friends who were like great. just obsessed with this band. I like, can see, I can understand people obsessed. Would, like yeah. it was a life. It was a yeah, lifestyle yeah, yeah. to be fans, Metallica like a whole life, lifestyle. And they're a weird band where they they never really lost their credibility. Maybe during that load reloaded phase or the Napster thing. But, ah, that's but right, Napster. like I was like on Instagram the other day, and like Tim Casher from Cursive, the singer, like he posted a. Vi- a picture of himself writing something he was just wearing a metallica t-shirt and it's like i saw phoebe bridges on instagram before she was wearing a metallica t-shirt like it's oh, everyone loves them right? like they should do everyone it? no matter what kind of music you yeah, end up yeah, yeah. making you never stop loving metallica and you want to you want to bang your head to this stuff yeah i mean it's, it's just it's, like a fucking like primeval kind of thing exactly so. Who, uh, oh god it's, it's great it's a great album it truly it's is fucking fantastic it deserves to be number one i wholeheartedly agree Yes. So, you got any uh, any quick honorable mentions? I do have the Top Gun soundtrack, which oh, is fucking nice. awesome. <laughs> I, I I did consider it for my top ten, but I thought it'd be a bit silly at the end of the day. I mentioned Eric Johnson before. Uh, Nick Haven, a bad sees your funeral. My trial is good, and talk talks the color of spring. Cool. And I guess Pet Shop Boys, although it's very it's cheesy. Some great songs, some, some there, great songs but, on yeah. there, like West End Girls, obviously, but. That's about it, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess a lot of most of mine were just stuff you mentioned. Like, I did like the Madonna thing. I did, I do actually think So is a really good album still. I think Graceland is too. Yeah. Um, Skylark was Skylark. It, it was definitely a contender for me. 
uh, other stuff, I guess. Like I said, Slayer kind of was. Um, throwing oh, yeah. Muses was a little bit, but oh, it's a bit right. rough. Mm. Um, they Might Be Giants was, except I would love to cut out a bunch of songs. I think there's yeah. some great songs on that. There are some good songs, for sure. So interesting for 1986. Mm. It definitely feels more like 1998 yeah. than 1986. Um I guess Prince a little bit. I kind of wanted to like Parade more than they do, but there's some great for tracks. a Prince album. It's, yeah, I mean it. It has like one of my all-time favorite Prince songs on it. Sometimes it snows in April, so I was kind of yeah. really hoping to like that more. It's it's uh, just so difficult to mm, like Prince these days. Yeah. I guess like it's it's definitely the, the the ultimate time capsule. I think is Prince's back back catalog, where obviously Purple Rain is great, but. Almost everything else is just like a few great songs and then just that, like a bunch feeling. of like, what the fuck is that? Like, why did you do that? Because no one told him otherwise. That's the biggest problem. He has full, full sure. control of all his production yeah, and that's, uh, that's sounds. That's the biggest problem yeah. for sure. But so, yeah, we did it, eh? We finally We finally did it. got through 1986, <laughs> never to come back to Never, ever, ever. <laughs> at, least we, at least we don't have to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> at least we don't do that again. Yeah. Well, it's all finished. God that was, it was, it, get it was to, interesting. Uh, 87, it was interesting. but... What do we have for 87? I don't know. for destruction, so... Apart from that, that yeah. Seems like a pretty I can't even like pull out album titles without looking stuff up. Uh, let's, is let's Tunnel of Love? Was that 88? Bruce Springsteen. That is 87, you're right. Tunnel of Love. The Joshua Tree. Oh, I mean, document by R.E.M. Speaking of album. Prince, Sign of the Times. Oh, there you go. There's some big ones. Uh, Sonic Youth's Sister is a great album. That's good. The Replacements have another album, which mm, I don't probably know. Probably not good. <laughs> From uh, what Hysteria I've heard. Hysteria by Def Leppard. That's, that's a good one. Strange Ways Here We Come by The Smiths. Mm. We'll see. Actually yeah. by The Purchase Boys. Um, that's actually ooh yeah. another Tom Waits album great oh we better, better get oh, on to that but, um, You're Living All Over Me by Dinosaur Jr oh my god that's my number one right there mm. basically Bad by Michael Jackson well that's a big one Tango in the Ninth Fleetwood Mac that's a good year that's a that's much... better than 86 mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest that is that's oh, big... Criminal Minded by Boogie Down Productions um, oh yeah some big, big, big ones on that. I'm sure there's a lot I mean, of I, other shit though. Michael Jackson, bad. That was an that exactly. was amazing. God. I'm wow. sure there's there's plenty more stuff that we're not. Dinosaur even... Junior, yeah, Jesus. Debbie Gibson, out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, there's something to look forward to. Maybe a, a few months later. <laughs> yes. We might have some albums to review next week. So, well, there's actually quite a few, uh, few releases this the ones week. We haven't been able to um, get into. Well, yet. obviously the Clap Your Hands the album finally did release, mm-hmm. and there's a few interesting things this week. Do you potentially? Oh, yeah, I wrote them down. <laughs> so, um, well, Animal Collective have a oh have a a, a movie score. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, a documentary about SoundCloud rappers, but I mean they're always. Mm. Kind of an interesting act. Uh, Hand Habits has a very small EP out. Yeah. Uh, the Hold Steady have a new album. Oh, okay. Which I'm quite interested in. Uh, Mogwai, a Scottish sort of. Oh, very, um, the electronic kind of experimental. I think it's more of like a guitar based oh, instrumental oh, actually, yeah, thing, is, but yeah. very sort of uh, 
atmospheric. Yeah, um, I've, I've, yeah, I've tried some of that stuff. It's it's all right. It's not bad. Yeah, and uh, Tinder sticks the uh, oh the UK sort of interesting mm. type group. There's a lot of potential stuff to review there. And uh, the Insane Clown Posse have an EP called no Yum idea. Yum Lure. No idea what Juggalos Rejoice for right. the Insane Clown Posse. No, we are not reviewing the Insane Clown Posse. Okay. I'd rather get punched in the balls. Cool. Yeah. But well, not cool. I, uh, the whole study is kind of interesting. And clap your hands, say yeah. So we'll no, see what no we No hip-hop coming up, I wonder? Well, only the Insane Clown Posse. So. Oh, that's, that's hip-hop, okay. Well, technically. Technically hip-hop. <laughs> Yeah. Not really, though. Well, I mean, it is. It's just terrible. But okay. Do you remember the... Cla were you around for the classic meme fucking magnets? How do they work? Well, maybe not. No. Uh, that was from the uh, classic Insane Clown Posse song, Miracles, I believe. Fucking, yes, fucking magnets. How do they work? <laughs> what? I haven't seen that before. That's terrible. These guys are like have an insane like fan base. Oh jeez. The juggalos, the lowest form of white life on the planet, perhaps. Oh my god! What? That, yeah. That's a thing. Oh, that's a thing. Is that like like Kiss, but not? A crap band. What uh, the hell? They're very, that's a thing. very popular in their. That's uh, a thing in their world. Can we bomb them? Don't say that. What? Can we just like <laughs> drop can a we bomb, bomb on them? them? <laughs> probably not something you want to. No, what word, 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 word bomb them? Oh, with well, insults. Sure. Are you idiots? That's some lame makeup. Yeah. Well, anyway. they, they live in their own little world, and is um, that Trump? Trump. Oh, that is Trump as a juggalo, yes. Oh, geez, I, I guess there's a lot, a, of, a lot of comparisons between their fan base and his fan base. So. The mentality. Anyway, right. until next yes. week. We'll until next be time. back with something. Thanks for being here. See you. All right. <laughs> well, that was fast. Wait. Oh, of course, uh, email us at Midnightways podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Go to Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, all Twitter. that stuff. Indeed. Find us there and just search Midnight Waves. I'm sure we'll pop up. All right. Take it easy. Yep. Bye bye. Bye.